rank and review the villains of the DCEU. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Nick, Kevin, Andy, Cecil, and Tim. Uh, right now, to refresh you and your memories, let's go through the current standings for the nine villains we have on Ragu Bagu. Number one, Black Mac, Mask and Zaz from Birds of Prey. Number two, Zod uh, from Man of Steel. Number three, Doomsday slash Lex Luthor from uh, Batman v Superman. Number four, Maxwell Lord slash Cheetah from Wonder Woman 1984. Number five, Thad. And I believe that's what is Thad's from Shazam. Is that right? Where's Thad from? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Shazam. Yeah, that's right. You nailed it. Number six is Sir Pat from Wonder Woman. Uh, number seven is Ocean Master slash Manga from uh, uh, Aquaman. Number eight is Seven Wolf from Manga. <laughs> Justice League. And number nine is Enchantress and her baby bro from Suicide Squad. Where do we want to put Steppenwolf and I assume Darkseid? We're tossing that in there? Yeah. Yeah, we have to, yeah. I'd what go somewhere three? in the middle of the list. I do like how desperate um, Steppenwolf was this whole time. Number three is Doomsday Lex. Which one below that? Maxwell Lord Cheetah. That's it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, I'll say I like Seven Wolf a lot. Yeah. I find him a lot deeper in this movie than he was in the theatrical release. I think they, they, they made steps to sort of round out his story a little bit, so I do think I would nudge him a little higher up on the list. We don't really know a lot about uh, Doomsday, though. I mean, other than uh, the author. Or Darkseid, sorry. We, we don't spend a lot of time with him, so. My thing, I... Uh, I would come higher than all y'all, and I'd put him at three, right below Zod, right above Doomsday Lex. Yeah, I'd I might say that, maybe. I'd put yeah, him at four. I, I disagree, because Batman v Superman, I think, what it did well was kind of, like, set up the premise of the two of them coming together. That was totally Lex, and I, I again, like Lex in that movie. Uh, and Doomsday, whatever, serves purpose, just being a, a thing that punches things and kills things. That definitely was not that interesting, but I think the Lex side... Is way more interesting than anything Steppenwolf does. I think Lex is interesting, but I didn't like. And there's so many times I don't like the performance. Like I've come to accept it and like find things I like in it. But overall, it's I don't think it works as a giant thing. And like why he goes from being a you know uh, running LexCorp than being this uh, maniac that wants to destroy everything and everybody. I don't like. Whereas I think this way all the way through, I really enjoy Steppenwolf's motivation of like i want i'm i'm in uh, you know i'm trying to earn my way back into the family here i'm trying to get back in the good graces of this guy that i screwed over and then on top of that dark side being this i think truly intimidating horrible bad guy on the other side of the world right and that moment where they all kneel for him and stuff like that like i like that i think both i think both of them are strong both parts of the villains uh, are strong in this one whereas doomsday obviously is just something that shows up to fucking get punched and kill superman whereas like you know i find things i like in him but i don't think overall i'd be like oh yeah great 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 villain yeah again i do i was mentioning earlier i love the desperation in steppenwolf and how he wants to make up for the bad he's done and he's so desperate to do so and there is that moment when superman comes back and he's like fuck god damn it like i was so close to doing this and then the the through the portal they see dark and he's like he's here holy fuck he's here and you could see how much he adores and respects dark side even though he may have fucked him over in the past we don't know the full story there or whatever but I I didn't expect to like Darkseid or Steppenwolf at all, right? Because he was so shitty. That's why we have him ranked so low on the yeah. first version of it. And I thought, again, kind of a cheat code to have a four-hour movie to flesh out a character more. But sure. it 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 worked for me. It worked way more than it did uh, in the prior version. Uh, uh, I do so- want to say that, that, Greg, I think you made a lot of great points. But 
he did get Darkseid did get the axe to the to the thing, and then he immediately passed out because I guess he bled out too much. So, well, actually, you know, uh, backstory wise, Zack Snyder wrote out that he has that problem where he looks, he sees blood, he faints. Yeah, that kind of thing. But yeah. again, I like that though. I don't. I also don't like the DC uh, comic book or animated series sometimes where Darkseid's just like. Nothing can stop this guy. I'm like, well, I mean, I'm doing wrong. You shouldn't get shot by a shotgun. That was a axe wielded by God, uh, God a literal God, sure, right? Like, sure. I can get down with that. Anyways, let's get uh, this vote in. Uh, should I, I'm going to start at, uh, I don't even know. I'll start at number five. Is that fine? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so number five is Thad. Who thinks he's better than Thad? Or these people are better than Thad? Jesus. Everyone's hands up except Andy. Oh, everyone's hands are up. Uh, number four, who thinks he's better than Maxwell Lord slash Cheetah? Uh, Every, I hated uh, Cheetah, but I thought uh, yeah, it's Mr. Pascal is so good sure, and entertaining. Sure. Tim put his hand I will say no. I'll say no. All right, so Andy and yeah. Tim don't have their hands raised. Uh, me, Nick, and Kevin do. Uh, who thinks it's better than Doomsday and Lex at number three? I have my hand yeah. up. It looks like Nick yeah. does. I'll throw it up. And then I'll Kevin put it, it down. It doesn't matter either way. Uh, so the new ranking then is number three is Doomsday and Lex, and number four is, in fact, Steppenwolf, or Steppy, and Step- uh, Darkseid. Step off. So now it is time to rank the DCEU. Currently, number one, Birds of Prey. Number two, Wonder Woman. Number three, Shazam. Number four, Batman v Superman. Number five, Man of Steel. Number six, Aquaman. Number seven, Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, number eight has this nice little open spot. Uh, number nine <laughs> is the Justice League. And number 10 wow. is oh, Suicide wow. Squad. Uh, where do we want to put Zack Snyder's Justice League? Greg Miller, would you like to start the conversation? That's an interesting question, Timothy. I would like to start it. Um, I am feeling my heart pull it to number six, above, uh, below Man of Steel, above Aquaman. Man, I would have put okay. it so much higher. Like I Go for it. Uh, uh, all these something. movies have their issues. Like here's of course, I I think I like Shazam better, but I like this better than Wonder Woman. I you're in one of those spots. Yeah, we'll call it in those spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, and again, it's more like two movies because of how much time we get. But I think I honestly would put it at number two. Andy. I'm leaning more towards towards Kevin here, um, but I think back to how much I enjoyed the director's cut of BVS and feeling like that fleshed, that got fleshed out a bit more. Shazam making me laugh a whole lot. Not a great movie by any means, but entertaining through a lot of it. I, I was have I had a lot of fun with Shazam. Um, I think I would put this below Batman. I would put this below Shazam at number four, above Batman versus Superman. Nick, I would be probably more in the Greg boat. I'd put us a little lower. I really, really, uh, I had fun with the second part of this, but the first part of it's just so, so very long that I can't rank it. I can't put it above Man of Steel by any stretch of the imagination. I think Man of Steel just has way higher highs than this movie. Um, the question is, do I like it more than Aquaman? Um, I'd probably put it right below Man of Steel, I would say. I go one 
one below Nick. I put it under Aquaman, above Wonder Woman 1984. The, the real reason for the Wonder Woman 1984 thing is that movie just had so much potential that they just fucking squandered. Like, I expected that to be good. I suppose yeah. Aquaman, where you were like, huh, it was fun. Uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, mean, I didn't even watch the post to Justice League, where I didn't expect it to be, so what it was didn't, like, upset me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just like, okay, cool, it yeah. was what it is. Uh, but yeah, I would. I think it's better than Suicide Squad, Justice League, and Wonder mm-hmm. Woman 1984. So let's vote here. Who thinks it's better than Wonder Woman 1984? Raise your hand. Everybody. Aquaman, raise your hand. Everyone but me. Man of Steel. I'm getting close there. Now I'm fucking up because I'm in one of those spots. I think Man of Steel is should be a bit higher. Um, yeah. I'll keep my hands up. My thing is, I mean, doesn't matter, you lost. Yeah, Kevin yeah. and Andy raised their hand. <laughs> uh, everyone else put it down, so that puts this, this between Man of Steel and Aquaman at number six. It's Yeah, this is the, I, I'm, you know, we have to go movie by movie when you go, we do this, because I, like, I would rather watch this than Shazam, personally. But, I, you know, getting into the whole thing of, like, that's where it's coming down for me, of, like, I can see on a, on a rainy day wanting to kick on Man of Steel more than wanting to put on the four-hour, five-minute-long art piece. And, like, you know, going, like, where are you yeah. going to? What are you doing? Like, where, where are you getting, like, the like, through line story for it or whatever? I think of the movies that are like, oh, it's on HBO. Do I want to sit down and watch it for a second? And for sure, Birds of Prey, yeah, I would watch that. Um, and Man of Steel, I would watch that. Everything else, Wonder Woman probably. Shazam, eh, probably not. <laughs> I don't think I need to see that movie again, so... This one definitely not. I mean, for four hours more of a Justice League, I think this is the one only time I'm going to watch this bad boy. <laughs> I, saw, I, I just saw a great tweet from uh, Ray Apollo who um, works at Twitch, and he said, how am I going to convince my wife to watch a four-hour movie that she's already seen? Did Jen watch Oh, no, I mean, like, she did, but fell asleep. Like, it, my, okay. you know, Jen is not a, somebody who can, is going to stay up and watch a movie at 1.30 a.m. with me. No, she, try, she tried valiantly, but fell asleep and has not expressed any interest in watching it again. But oh, back to talking about things we love unabashedly, right? She, had, she was half watching uh, Falcon Winter Soldier this morning. And was like, oh, man, can we watch it again tonight? And I was like, fuck, yes, we can. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. Yes, we can. See, I didn't even, I, I'm the opposite, but I didn't even try to talk to Dee about watching the Justice League, the Snyder Cut. Sure. I, I'm waiting, like, a little bit to try to, like, throw in Falcon and Winter Soldier, maybe episode two, three, when I, when I know for sure. I mean, I know the series is going to be great, but I want her to get on that boat. That's where I'm going to put the energy. Yeah, Gia is a completionist when it comes to watching TV shows or movies or stuff, so she loves doing interview, even if it's for stuff that's not normally her jam, and at this point, she's seen so many of these fucking superhero movies, and we started watching this about 20 minutes, and she's like, I'm, is it okay if I just don't watch this one? I'm like, it's <laughs> totally like, you know okay. <laughs> I gotta get out of here. <laughs> uh, but we will return with more in review. Uh, later this week, it will be... Godzilla, King of the Monsters, to consider uh, continue the Godzilla monster verse leading into uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, which, at the time of watching this now, is next week. That's really exciting stuff. HBO Max delivering. Justice League, Godzilla vs. Kong, more combat after that. Let's go. I love it. One quick, and I think, yeah, my math is right here. Snyder Cut, it was four hours, five minutes, right, on on HBO Go, or was it four hours, two minutes? I got two. Okay, four hours, two minutes. Uh, kind of funny Snyder Cut in review is four hours and 50 minutes. So we did it, y'all. We did it. We did it. it Good job, guys. <laughs> Until next time. I'm going to sleep. Not impressed. <laughs> <laughs>
What's up, guys? And welcome back to Kind of Funny's <laughs> Karate Kid Universe in review. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the producer slash producer, Nick Scarpino. I'm so glad we're doing this. I'm so glad we're watching this. Tim, mm-hmm. you are a prince and an angel for allowing us to do this. And when I, fi- what did I say? When I finished the other night, what did I text you? I said, this is the greatest thing that he- the human species has accomplished up until this point. Yeah. And I can't wait to talk about it with you guys. I love that so much because we also have, of course, the man that broke a stick in the woods with the karate chop when he was nine, Josh Makuga, who immediately when he finished the show so fast tested me and Nick. <laughs> and I was like, wait, don't spoil it for Nick. He's not done yet. So I called Makuga and we talked on the phone like giddy schoolgirls, yep. just so stoked about everything that transpired in this. I got off, I got off the phone with you and Amanda was like, who was that? And I was like, it was Tim. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So yeah. she was like, yeah. you, you said I love you way too many times. <laughs> now, here's, 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 here's my question for, for you two guys. Uh, did you watch this with your significant others in the room and or watching it with you? Oh, yeah. Okay. So Amanda, had, like, I, it was on for certain episodes during the entire series, right? Like, she's seen sporadic episodes of Cobra Kai. But for, like, the last four episodes of season three, she was like, where are the police? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. I, I, saw, I saw a meme that was like uh, the script for Cobra Kai Season 3, and it was like a stack of papers like that big. And it was like the script for, the script for Cobra Kai Season 3 if the cops came ever. And it was like three sheets of paper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but real quick, I want to say we got the big dog, Kevin Coelho. This is such a good show. Thank you so much, Tim, for bringing this into our world. God, I love it. I, love it. I, I cannot I credit for this. believe it's how it me. ended. I, I can't I believe him. how season three ended. I can't believe I how season uh, two All ended. Seasons All ended. the seasons. Oh my god! Not yeah. season one. I was like, oh, whoa, interesting. Good resolution. Good resolution. Here's my thing. If we really <laughs> want to give credit where credit is due, we have to give credit to Andy Cortez's YouTube Prime account, YouTube Red account, which I stole and watched the very first season of Cobra Kai on, and then watched a bunch of crazy videos so that his referral algorithm will be all out of whack. Mm-hmm. Um, so still Andy, has, I want to thank you. It still hasn't repaired itself, yeah. Oh, it never rifle, Andy Cortez joins us as well. Hey, everybody. I, I did this bit earlier, uh, but look, I'm eating sushi. I'm eating sushi, everybody. We did, we did it earlier. It was funnier. You, you like it, Andy? You like the sushi? Oh, yeah. I don't like the sushi, but I'll try. take a photo cause I, for this girl that I like. <laughs> <laughs> this is Kind of Funny in Review. Each and every week on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny, we do two different franchises in review. Next week, thanks to your support, we are starting two brand new franchises. Edgar Wright and John Wick. Could not be more excited for either of these. Let's go. Uh, and speaking of your support, this whole month in January, any new dollar we get on patreon.com slash kindoffunny or kindoffunnygames goes towards our big annual Kind of Funny Day goals and all the things that we're doing. whole bunch of new interview series were announced, and we've already hit the goals for them. Ninja Turtles included. Kev, how excited are you for that one? My God, I can't wait. There's so many good movies and bad ones. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Uh, but we got a whole bunch of fun stuff going on. What's up, Makuga? Well, listen, you, you, the, one of the greatest crossover franchises that nobody talks about is the, uh, the amount of mentions of Bad Boys 2 in Hot Fuzz. Okay? Like, really? That's true. Yeah. That's yeah. true. But it's, it's not yeah, a crossover, right? No, yeah, don't they also just make. In their, his, their world. But it's, it's Point Break also. I was going to say, they make break. an amazing Point Break reference. It was like, if you ever find a gun in the air and go, oh. Yeah. <laughs> 
But I that just goes to really validate the perfection that is Bad Boys 2, is how much they <laughs> love Bad Boys 2 in Hot Fuzz. Now, the other one, which I think is a really good idea, that has yet to be been started by me, but maybe through Kind of Funny, we can start a small business called Big Wick Energy, and it's just candles that smell like Gunpowder from yes. John Wick, basically. Oh, I think you say right? candles that smell like Keanu Reeves. I would buy that. Or that, too. Uh, Whatever. We I don't know what Keanu Reeves smells like. Yeah, we got to smell Keanu Reeves. Got to smell good. I was going to say, what, what I was going to interject with is, look, you keep pushing this uh, this, this sort of bad guys, uh, bad boys 2 propaganda on us. Yeah. And just keep in mind, we almost canceled the whole interview franchise because of bad boys. <laughs> they did not like just, it. They did not like bad mind. boys, if you remember. Until I remember. bad boys 3. <laughs> Okay, I remember, it still hurts me to this day, <laughs> Greg Miller and I still have a beef, even if he doesn't think it's a beef, I'm still very upset about it. Well, we can all agree Greg, Greg has bad takes on everything, but we also <laughs> can agree that every no movie franchise is worth its salt actually uh, gets good until the third movie. So let's just put it that way, right? With the exception, of course, of Karate Kid, which peaked with the first movie, went downhill. But then after the third movie, actually, no, I just proved my theory. After the third movie, what do we get, Tim? Hillary Swank. We don't talk about Hillary Swank. No, we don't talk about Hillary We get Cobra Kai. And then Cobra Kai goes back Exactly. Today we are talking about Cobra Kai. What's up, Kevin? I just have some beef with you. Like, why did we watch the Hillary Swank movie? I have yet to see a reference in any of it. Um, wait, no. just, just wait, first bro. Off, what do you mean? Just wait. Abound. No, 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 spoilers abound for everything. Like, this is Karate Kid. Gloves are off. Fingerless gloves are on. It, it is just, <laughs> you you do not watch this episode of Interview until you've watched all of uh, Cobra Kai. You are doing yeah. a disservice to yourself. Uh, but, Kev, the reason is, I hadn't seen season three yet. I didn't know. But the creators of the show have said it's canon. That's why oh, we're doing it. That's why I'm we're telling you it. right now, they have 100% reached out to Hillary Swank. 100%. She's a real actor, though. Like, she's busy. She's yeah, okay. But I will remind you that Elizabeth Shue, correct me if I'm wrong, is an Academy Award-nominated actress right, that is in correct. this series. I mean, that's so way like, less than an Academy Award-winning Hillary Swank. I mean, it's way more than any of dumb shits have. God, Look, she was, milk, she was the milk mommy in the boys, all right? Mm-hmm. That's all you need to know. God, that's let me fair. tell you that's something um, real quick. Just, before we, just quick, quick little tidbit is, luckily enough, uh, we were able to interview the creators, executive producers, even Machio. The only one we didn't get in was Billy Zapka on Collider Live a couple of years ago. And one of the first questions I asked was, when will we see Hillary Swank? And they said, we've reached out to Hillary Swank a bunch of times, and it has never been said no to us. Okay? No. So, now, that's not a thing. yes, but here's, it's but also not a no. So they reached out to Hillary Swank probably when I'll, – I'll say this. The first two seasons, and Tim, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm wrong were YouTube Red shows, right? Yeah. Premium, whatever so, you want to call it. Yeah. Premium, whatever it was. So I have to imagine that your bargaining power, or at least the allure of being on a YouTube Premium series – not quite as good as being on one of the most viewed shows on Netflix right now, Seriously. which is what let Cobra me, Kai is. Let me get into all of the rigmarole. I forgot what I've even said so far, but you get it. Patreon.com slash kind of funny, YouTube.com slash kind of funny, podcast services, search for kind of funny reviews. We'll be right there for you. Uh, today we're brought to you by Gabby and Green Chef, but I'll get to that later. Let's get right into it. We're talking about Cobra Kai, 
seasons one, two, and three. What a surprise. They dropped season three a week earlier than expected. So we're trying to do all of it in one to, cause like we just got to keep the hype. And if I'm being honest, I didn't trust Nick Scarpino to not spoil, uh, season three by mixing everything up. I love you. Mark Call. You know what I mean? Here we are. Here we are. Uh, Season one was released on May 2nd, 2018 on YouTube Red. Season two, April 24th, 2019 on YouTube Premium when it changed names. Then it got sold to Netflix because YouTube was like, we're not making original content anymore because that's not working. Uh, but it worked on Netflix. On August 29th, seasons one and two both came to Netflix with the announcement of season three and four in the works. And they were a mega hit, making it some of Netflix's most popular Netflix content that they have. And if you've seen all the tweets and stuff over the last week, season three is also proving to be a major hit, which is extremely exciting to me. Uh, created by Josh Heald, who wrote Hot Tub Time Machine. Oh, you need a little drink of water there? You need a little drink of water there, Tim? What's going on? There's a lot, yeah. It's a lot. Chorus Banquet beer is heavy. It's a heavy beer. You think it's going to be good? It's not. No, it's not good. I don't know what it's, it's heavy, hot. but it's not good. Josh, I've never, I've never held a Coors in my life and thought it's going to be good. Never. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Dang. I mean, John Hurwitz and Hayden Schlossberg co-wrote the Harold and Kumar movies, co-directed the second Harold and Kumar movie, and co-wrote and directed American Reunion. All of this is starting to make a lot of sense. A lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, wait. Before we move on, where do we all come down on Hot Tub Time Machine being the greatest film of all time? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, it's a solid 7.8 out of 10. Maybe I mean, an 8 yeah, out I of 10. I give it a 6. You know what? A good 6. I'm done. Enough, I'm done. It's good. I, it's good. I need to rewatch it. Oh, Nick's gone. Jesus Christ. Well, he broke the, the overlay. Yeah. He, he could just—he could just turn off the camera instead of leaving completely. One thing I will say about like just season one—just a quick kind of uh, little hit. Like obviously, when we're talking about Cobra Kai as a, as a series, we've mentioned before. I don't think it's superbly acted or beautifully directed, <laughs> right? Wait, Andy. I, I think that's clear. <laughs> That was so well put, Andy. That was so well put. <laughs> I don't think you're superbly acted or directed. Or the production design. Listen, the only one actually acting in the show is Billy Zabka. Everybody else is just doing some weird thing, but it works. Yeah, oh, it works. No, so no, totally, totally. It's like where I'm going with. But I will say one thing that I will say that I actually legitimately think is good is there are really funny written jokes in this show. Like, yeah. clever, funny jokes that where you're not l- just laughing because it's, like, dumb. It's like, oh, yeah, that's something that you could w- that would be said in a <laughs> like Phil Lord, uh, in a Phil Lord type movie, yeah. you know? Like, uh, it, there are really good lines of dialogue that are actually funny. So you mentioning, Tim, that uh, that they co-wrote, you know, Harold and Kumar and stuff like, oh, okay, that that kind of makes sense. There's some good humor in here. But I also want to I... say that there's a lot of things that they touch back to from, like, the second movie out of nowhere, and you're like, whoa, they've structured this, so that's a fundamental thing in this season of the thing, or the third, and you're like, what? this is brilliant. These guys really give a fuck. Good on they that. know, yeah, yeah. They well, really something do. I, I appreciated so much about the Karate Kid franchise as a whole is their commitment to flashbacks. Like, we've talked about this yeah. the last couple of weeks, but, you know, we watched we watched Karate Kid 1, and, like, I'm surprised that somehow they didn't find a way to do a flashback. 
But then in Karate Kid 2, the movie starts with five minutes of Karate Kid 1. And then Karate Kid 3, very similar situation with very little of Karate Kid 2 <laughs> being featured at all because it was irrelevant for the most part uh, to the, the plot. But then now we get Karate or Cobra Kai and, oh, my God, I'll be damned by the end of this show all four Karate Kid movies aren't just fully featured. Yeah, in, you've seen them. You've seen the, 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 watch the movies. You've seen them all at this point. And but but see that speaks to the volume of how big of fans these guys are. And you know I heard Ralph. I I, I watched the interview after um after I finished season three uh, on the show called After Party, which Netflix is doing, where they talked. You know I'm sure Ralph Macchio said this multiple times. Josh, you probably told you this, but he said one of the reasons that really drew him back to the series um where was the writer's commitment to the, the universe. The, he said these guys these guys Karate Kid is like on the same level as Star Wars, and you really. There was, there's a way to do this show where it would have felt like they were just sort of being opportunistic, and there's a way to do it where you feel like there is just so much love being put into this, and these guys thankfully um, chose the latter. And, I mean, you literally get – it's like if any of us – like if it's like if me and Josh were to write this show and we're – no offense to us, Josh, way better writers. Like the, you get a sense these guys really want to pay – honor and like homage to the originality in the in the original movies and they get that across. And not only that, Tim, but holy shit, when those moments hit, now granted, they look nothing like the show. No. <laughs> it's like nineteen eighties codex film stock versus like modern digital cameras that are poorly color corrected in the show. But those moments still fucking hit. There's mm-hmm. a moment in like the second to last episode of the season, or maybe it's the third episode of th- season three, where he's talking about fear. And he's talking to Sam about because she's suffering kind of some PTSD given because of the fight that she got in that was really really brutal. Like, and, he, and he goes, "I know what you're going through. In my second tournament, I remember fear." And it cuts to Mike Barnes beating his ass, and it's that shot, man, that gets me every time. Where she's like, "What did you do?" And it cuts to uh, Daniel and Mr. Miyagi face to face, and and Miyagi screams in his face, and he goes, "I focus," and I'm like. Ah, I'm in tears to my wife. I'm like, you don't understand. And she's like, at this point, by the way, she's watched three seasons with me. She goes, Nick, I get it. I understand. I understand that I'm never going to understand it. But I understand. Wait, so your wife doesn't love it? Oh, she loves it. But okay. she doesn't love that every five seconds I stop to explain the reference. <laughs> I was like, you don't understand. He, the kid said, you came in here to drop a challenge. You can't just leave. That's, a, that's from the first movie. I, like, I, I get it. I, I get yelled at because I'm yelling from another room and she's uh, done watching. I'm like, they're in Japan! <laughs> <laughs> were, they, were they in Japan or were they just in like... Uh, they were in Japan. They, they were in Japan. Japan. They never went to Japan for Karate Kid 2, but they did for this one. They oh, filmed in God. Japan. Oh, they filmed it. in Japan. That did not look like Japan. That looked like when... That's when, when budget like, right there. That's Netflix budget. Literally, you know what it looked like? It looked baby. like every single time Spike tried to go anywhere, anytime. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it looked like. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I want to say is, after uh, I, I binged the, the whole franchise in seasons one and two of K- Cobra Kai, I tweeted and I was like, how the hell is the Karate Kid's follow-up spiritual successor, whatever you want to call it, so much better than the Star Wars sequels in terms of just being a product, but also in terms of legacy, in terms of, like, all that different stuff. And now that I've seen season three, I only stand by that even more. But I think that obviously those are very different things, and, you know, that analogy doesn't perfectly go across. But to me, what makes Cobra Kai so fucking special, besides how epic it is and the get hype moments and the characters that we love and the anime twists that happen every five seconds, every second, all that. It's all just so well done and like stupid and goofy. 
And But, like, when things happen, it hits you. The amount of times I've gasped, the amount of times I've, like, been scared for a situation, for a show that's this goofy, is so impressive. But more than anything, a Karate Kid sequel franchise, we're three seasons in, and it works this well, and we're all praising it this much, and Mr. Miyagi wasn't in it for a fucking second. No. Like, well, he was. I mean, him, I, but like, the his presence is felt. Though. His presence, his presence is, yeah, is but it's felt in, and to me, I think the most impressive way, where it's like they honor his legacy and make him so part of the show in a way that he never could have been, and yeah. it's not CG, and it's not you know like all this other stuff. It's just it's heartfelt shit that actually matters, Nick Scarpino. And I think to your point, Tim, one of the reasons why, obviously, you're being hyperbolic when you talk about, you know, you're comparing this to Star Wars. But I think one of the reasons why this does work and why it is so impactful is, and and Macho himself has talked about this, it's one of the things that drew him back to the series. They found a very fun and genius entry point, which was they could have so easily made this just a sequel to the third movie where at about Daniel Russo, but it's not, it doesn't start with him. It starts with Johnny Lawrence, and it's about Johnny Lawrence because it's about... It's not about overcoming the bully. It's about what causes the bully to begin with, right? It's about that cycle of violence. And these guys, that is such a deep and meta thing that is sort of nicely wrapped in this simplistic concept. Because on the outset, when you see this, and I'm sure as a lot of people have, they see it and they go, oh, my God, that's just like save, like if they were doing the next Save by the Bell, right? Where you're not expecting anything more than just more Save by the Bell. This just goes so much deeper than it has any right to do. And it's 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 just so impressive that they accomplished it. So with that, you know, we're we're so far into this. We've been we've been talking about it for a long time. Makuga has seen it before. I've seen it before. Nick's seen it before. Obviously, except for season three until now. But Andy, I've been so excited to get your thoughts on this. Give me the the Andy Cortez Cobra Kai seasons one, two, and three rundown. Man, so you know, starting off the series. Um, I was fully Wait, real quick. Expect- I don't. I don't want to interrupt. Just real quick, Andy. You had never seen any of these movies before we started, right? Correct. Correct. Oh man. Yeah. This is Correct. so cool. So, we introduced so, you to this. Yeah. So, so obviously, part one became one of my favorite movies of all time. Just period. Okay. Full stop. Part two, I was not expecting it to go in the direction it went. I was kind of let down. But I'm. If I go back and watch it now, fully knowing what the franchise is now, I would appreciate it a lot more. That's why I loved Part 3 so much, because it was batshit crazy, and I loved every second of it. It was so good. It was so entertaining and so bad, but I loved it. And so going into Cobra Kai, I knew what to expect. You all primed me for this. You all told me, Andy, it you know, do not expect, you know, high-quality, you know, writing and a whole lot of stuff, but you're going to love it still. You're still going to love it. And... And everybody was right. I, I, I tweeted out during the Christmas break that, uh, you know, Tim makes a lot of great decisions that are kind of funny, but making <laughs> us watch Cobra Kai is the best decision he's ever made us because I could have I could have never predicted in a million years that I would want to watch this show. And obviously Tim says, no, you got to, you know, you, nobody gives credit to Nick for watching it early. But, like, Nick likes stuff that I just – I have terrible. I have terrible take yeah. on things yeah. most of the time. And yeah, and, and, and I realize that 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 has probably hurt my reputation for actually when I actually do want you guys to watch these things. But if you remember, we I, we were doing the morning show. I think back in the day, you and me, Andy, and I was like, I am, blo- I was blown away by how in, like how emotionally impactful the first season of Cobra Kai was for me. But it's always hard to tell because obviously with me and Makuga, you know, we grew up watching Karate Kid. Like that's a part of our DNA in the eighties. Right. And so to hear you talk, you know, about your impressions. I think really speaks volumes for the level of storytelling that's in all that's in this franchise. 
I still think, yeah, like, again, it's it's hard to talk about this show and let people know that we know this isn't the pinnacle Emmy award-winning type stuff, but it's what? still what? so entertaining. Kevin, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. But here's the thing: you say I know, like I know it's not great writing. This is great writing. Like this is great I think, character developing. Yeah. Is it the best acting? You know. suck at acting anyway, right? Like, yeah, most, I, I just. I'm talking about like. I'm talking about like from a from a total package. This like a production is going, standpoint. Yeah. This, yes, exactly. Like it, yeah, it, um, it it's good for the same reason why we like other stuff that necessarily isn't great critically, but we still fall in love with it because we love these characters and we love the development. And um, I think my only complaint with it is that when a character turn, when a heel turn or a face turn happens in Game of Thrones, it takes seasons. Yeah. And it's worth it. And it makes sense. And it makes sense, right? And I, and I, in this show, it happens after 15 minutes and sometimes after two episodes. Wait, and it, yeah. and by, by school, hold Andy. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And by the time you're in season three, you're like, ah, oh, man, like, I kind of wish this didn't happen again this soon. I, I, yeah. I wish they pro, I wish it was, you know, because these are 10 episodes in the 30 uh, minutes each, as opposed to 10 episodes in Game of Thrones and they're all an hour long. Yeah. And, you know, over two seasons, we see three seasons or whatever, we see Jamie Lannister be the fucking absolutely evil scumbag. And we start to feel for him. We start to understand. And then you start to love him three seasons later and it feels worth it and it feels like really earned. Yeah, and in this movie, back. like in this show, seasons one through Same two, thing. seasons one through two, we have those moments really, uh, we have those moments and I enjoyed them. But towards the end of season three, it starts to get like, oh, okay, like you're we're doing this Robbie thing again. Turning. All right, it's a little you're too fast. You're talking about Robbie turning, right? Cause, well, it's everyone, right? I, th- I feel I like think, everybody. I feel like Andy, Andy is spot on, right? Where I think, I think know, season one was a little bit more clever than season two and season three. And see, by season three, we're relying very heavily on dramatic irony, which was something that I, I was a little disappointed with with the third season. Don't get me wrong, I enjoy it still. But the oh, criticisms I have is that there are those moments where – you do have the, the the sort of like sitcom-y moments where I'm like, oh, I really wish these weren't happening all the time. Namely, like, does Johnny, is it like, it has to be the same day that Miguel is going into surgery, that that was the first day that Johnny's going to go visit Robbie? Like, these are, the, these are the moments where I'm like, this show used to be a little smarter than this. And then, of course, no. well, I mean, like, I think I think the, the way season one flows, where it ends up being it, all of the tropes from the original movie – get turned on their side and get kind of twisted around. I thought that was so clever. And we just don't get that level of cleverness in as the show progresses because I think they instead of that, they were like, let's put in a lot more like drama and a lot more fighting. And and to a certain point, like, because I'm kind of with Andy where I think they kind of cheap out on some of the stuff toward later episodes. But again, they, the stuff still hits for me. It's just like by the 13th karate brawl <laughs> that broke out. <laughs> I was like, ah, this is starting to get a literal ridiculous. Guys, there, were three, there were three major karate brawls. Like, let's not and they were all sick. They were fucking sick. This is one of the greatest <laughs> shows I have ever gotten the pleasure to enjoy, and it's so good. The the final one I was not super stoked on. I didn't need it until yeah. the, music. the final one I was not super stoked on until Hawk, um, Hawk turned back, turned back to light side. Yeah. I mean, yeah. shout out to that little blonde kid that got thrown through a plate glass oh, window. Straight up thrown through the window, dude. Yeah, I love this question. So much. Oh, it's a cat. What, now, you have a son named Moose, right? Yes. 
And I know you probably don't. You probably know what Moose is doing most of the time. But every once in a while, Moose probably sneaks away, right? If Moose left for the day and then came back with massive lacerations on his face, wouldn't you be like, dude, I got to call my cops. I don't know what's happening to my son. Dude, no, you man, have a cat, that's what happens. They go on a walk and come back. Andy, Andy and Nick made a lot of points yeah. that I do agree with, but there are certain things that I'm just like, I, I, you let it ride. I could not be on a different side than, than you guys on. And, and that is, I love, I love all of this. And like picking one over the other at some point just becomes so stupid to me where it's like, Cobra Kai, one, two, and three is top tier Marvel shit where it's like, any pick the day and I'll say which one ranks where. But sure. season one, I, I love, obviously it's fucking great, but I think it's the easiest one to have done right. It's like, okay, cool. Yeah, what right. if Johnny Lawrence wasn't the bad guy? Oh, it's going to end in a karate tournament, whatever. Seasons two and three, I love, you said they're less clever. I think they're way more clever because they mm. had to kind of make their own storylines and like kind of make them even bigger and crazier. And I loved the upping of the high school drama and the, Whose, boy, whose boyfriend is Miguel today and all that stuff, culminating in the end of season two, like the cruel summer, like epic orchestral version, that, that whole thing, but following up a fucking fight that is so fun to watch, so well choreographed, the music is engaging, they have so many rivalries that were built up in this show, that's insane, where it's like even the fucking nerds fighting made me go, fuck yeah, right? <laughs> Those that's, two that's kids are the best. But Miguel getting knocked, yeah, 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 the little guy. I love those two kids. But Miguel getting knocked off the thing, and like, did he die? Yeah. Like, it's just what so a bold way to end. Insane. I will, I will, I will say that. Yeah, I guess to your point, Tim. Like, I think season one was the one where, like, I think maybe the reason I'm thinking so clever is because it is, it was to me, it was like oh, I can't believe they pulled this off. I can't believe they had they found a fun angle on this. But you're right, that is sort of the origin stories of the new generation. And it is, as we always know, it's, it's way harder to do the second movie in the franchise after the hero has found his, his, you know, his calling. And so I do, I do give them a tremendous amount of credit for having a very, very compelling season two. And then, of course, keep my interest going into season three. But how could you not with the last shot of season three when his phone is stuck in the sand and Allie finally season accepts two, his friend two. request? Season two, excuse me. Allie finally accepts his friend request. I'm like, are they going to get... Academy Award nominated <laughs> Elizabeth Chu, who, by the way, they call Lisa in real life when they're because they're all friends, and that blew my mind. <laughs> That's hilarious. Wait, but so last thing I do want to say though, to to round back to what Andy was saying of like the heel turns being too quick and not earned, I absolutely agree, and you are totally right. And in season three, I think we see that more often than not, where Robbie uh, being in you know like kid jail or whatever, and then like the amount of times he twists and turns and turns on his father figures in different ways and then hawks like the amount of hawks all that stuff yeah Yeah. like whatever some of it feels too quick however i will say all of it earned all of it at least set up it's just the payoff sometimes happens too fast and my only argument i'd make to what you're saying about comparing this to game of thrones which i fucking love that we're making valued arguments about (laughs) cobra kai and game of thrones character development but but you were saying like oh this is only 30 minute episodes and i think that because of that i would much rather what we got here than 45 minute episodes that build up a little bit more of hawk and fucking robbie turning you know, no, him yeah. turning and getting the punches in, and Dimitri and Hawk fighting back to back. I'm like, I never thought anything could make me care about Dimitri, but here the fuck yeah. we are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then season three ends. Season one ends, Crease, and you're like, are you wow. fucking kidding me? Season two, Elizabeth's shoes being uh, teased. Season fucking three, we get the teaser that the trailers that ruined Japan for us, ruined like the the cameos from. Uh, 
number two, which is like none whatever. Of, none of it was spoiled for me. I love that. I didn't know it either. Yeah, really cool. Either. But I then, but then we get to the fucking end, and first off, Eagle Fang, goddamn karate, but <laughs> teaming up with Cobra Eagle Kai, uh, teaming up with Miyagi Do against Cobra Kai. That final shot of the two of them together, it's like, and then also the crease. Uh, Terry Silver calling tease. Terry. Oh my God! Holy no. fuck! This is amazing. The crease Terry Silver tease and how that had been getting built up the, the whole, whole time season. because they it have is to so fight over a snake pit in Vietnam. Yep. It is the, the most, most, most unbelievable backstory for Crease ever made, and it. I was by the by the second flashback to Vietnam, I was like, I'm all in. Are they gonna fight over? I'm like, the guy's like, how deep is that pit? He's like, deep enough. But that's not the problem with it. And I was like, is it fucking filled with cobras? Is that what the matter was? Oh my god, it's so it cool. Is the most, is that where you got cobra it is the most Vince Andy Gilligan it is the most Vince Gilligan breaking bad thing to start off the season showing you something and you're not quite sure what that yeah. means. And we're not Where's sure. Go? We uh, don't really remember, like in my mind. I'm not thinking that the other guy in the cage with Crease is Terry Silver until yeah. the perfect moment, and it worked perfectly on me. I am the perfect audience to not remember that detail. Me and too, then to Andy, remember, me too, Andy. And then when they're freed, and then the guy goes, thank you so, uh, thank you so much. I, I owe you one, Chris. Like, you, you've done so much to help me here. And I go, no way, dude. Yep. Well, yeah. And then it cuts to yeah. the fucking now, it, the now phone call. They, they threw like, it for a loop. Oh! They threw it for a loop. Yeah, because the other and guy had a red herring. Nick that Dogg, was the they had a guy named, they called him Ponytail, and I was like, oh, yeah. that's going to be Terry. And then he gets yep. shot in the head, and I was like, yep. that's not Terry. Oh, oh my dude, God, they killed dude, Terry. That didn't work. Dude, that that didn't work on me. Something brilliant about this show that they did in season three was there There were three moments of built-up red herrings that they did uh, for people that are super hardcore now, Karate Kid fans. But it proves that they really give a shit about this shit. The first thing was when it starts off, and they're like, oh, we're getting a doctor from out of town to come in. She's a miracle worker. She's the only person that can do this. And it's like, it's going to be Allie. Because they built up that Allie's a doctor. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh, she's going to come. And then we see her from behind, the doctor, and it's like, holy shit, it's her. She turns around, it's not her. Not her. And it was like, huh, that's weird. But then Allie comes later. Then there's the, uh, the, the tease where it's the flashback of them in the diner, and there's this jock bully dude that looks exactly like Crease. Like and you're like, it's going to be Crease, and it's not Crease. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, it's the actor for Crease's son. son. In real no life. way! Yeah. The, the 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 jock guy that played him or the jock? Oh that's, wow, that guy's huge. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking yeah, awesome. He, I met him. He's a really he's a sweet he's a sweet kid. He's a really good guy. How does Crease have the best head of hair of all time? Of all I don't time. know, man. He kept Crazy. it. He pisses me off. He's crazy. Then they go through this 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 one. Well, the last one. The last deception on. was what what Nick mentioned was the the ponytail. Like yeah. they call the guy ponytail, ponytail and they make one of the guys look like. Silver. Dude, I literally rolled it back when they were talking, and I was like, did he just call him Terry? And he never calls him by name. And then I was like, dude, that's got to be Terry Silver. They called him Bones or something. They called him, like, like they called him Skinny or Bones or something because he was skinny. That other guy, yeah. He's like, you got to put put some meat on those those bones. I missed a a ponytail detail. I remember him calling him the name, but I missed a ponytail detail. Because you're not allowed to have a ponytail in the fucking army. <laughs> Bro, I think by I think by like year two of Vietnam, they let you do whatever the fuck they you want. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, so, I when, think when, Tim, go ahead. Go I was ahead, gonna buddy. say when when they they did that, I was like, oh, this must be another time, like before he's met him or after, and they really got me those bastards. I love you know, it. Man. I think I I think that like I'm sorry, go ahead, Josh. No, well, the 
the, the, the red herrings, yes, in season three all paid off, like, incredibly well, right? And the whole switcheroo of the whole thing was beautiful. The thing that, that got me throughout the entire season, with Crease particularly, is that you guys mentioned, like, there weren't these flips, where were the cops, and I keep thinking, the thing is that he, John Crease is, like, a community member. He's a retired, like, thank you for your service. Anything he says, he always seems like a good guy. He's very charming. People that don't know he's a sociopath are sold by the fact that, you know, these other people have already started fights. John Lawrence, Daniel LaRusso. Oh, he does, already a, he does a great job of playing everyone like a fiddle, Josh McCree. Playing everybody playing like, everyone a fiddle, like a fiddle. Co- correct. So when Kreese gets all these kids involved in Cobra Kai, everybody thinks that he's a good dude. In fact, he's creating the greatest karate gang of maniacs of all time. Yep. Dude, when I, season I, three opens up and it's news footage, and you guys know how I feel about news footage on the in review, but yeah, this is an exception because news footage is fucking happening, and they're just like, at the local high school, what happened last night can only be described as karate gang warfare. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is gonna be the best show yeah. I've ever seen. But, but it's so funny. There's there's a moment, by the way, when they're when they're arguing to bring back the All Valley Tournament, where like the the lead council person is like, I have never understood the Valley's obsession with karate. Yeah, I love that line. I love that. It's line. a great line. Like, moments later. You know, <laughs> go ahead. I was gonna say moments later we we have uh what was it um. Johnny's wife, no, 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 not Johnny. Johnny's uh, wife. Danny's wife. Danny's wife. Danny's wife come up and start talking shit about what's his face. And then he throws the fact that he's put a restraining order or that came up earlier and like her violence and how he flipped that situation to like work for his. It's so. I think this show's phenomenal, guys. You're just crazy. (laughs) To me, we're not crazy. We're all agreeing with you. To me, this uh, that's what's at the core of the show for me, right? Is that they they nail. There's a couple moments, uh, specifically at the end of season three, where Johnny and and Daniel, I feel like, do actually make some really good progress toward like repairing a relationship, or actually having a relationship, where they both kind of admit that they that everything's not black and white, and and that that you know Daniel even talks about how like Cobra Kai wants to operate in, in black and white. He's like, but Miyagi Do. Like, you know, operates in the gray area in the real world, right? You can't have no mercy in the real world. You have to have, yeah. you have to be willing to like judge every situation as it comes to you. But the show does such a good job at providing a set of circumstances where every character reacts and their reaction to it sometimes is positive and sometimes is negative, just like it would be in the real world. And the adults make mistakes and they have to rectify those mistakes. The only thing that I, I'm a, I was a little disappointed with as we go on is that they drop some of those through lines. In lieu of a little, a few more crazy action sequences, like I didn't need them going and taking on the chop shop guys. I was, yeah. I was having a lot more fun with Johnny and Daniel in the car together, like right. giving. It was, shit, an awesome like, scene, it, it was an awesome scene, Tim. Thank you. It was an awesome scene. Hold on, hold on, one. Like, I, 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 I get what you're saying of like action for action's sake. However, this is the Karate Kid franchise. And was that the first time we saw Johnny and Daniel kicking ass together? Together! And who were they fighting? A fucking group of people in an auto body place? It's like fan fiction taken to the end. What? And and I I totally... Oh. I totally get that, but there's a moment where I'm like, this show has been so good at, at teaching people a lesson, right? Specifically the lesson of like, hey, if you mess up, you got to make amends, you got to own up to your mistakes, you have to own up to the fact that like, you know, there's a moment where Daniel and, and Johnny are like, you know, maybe I was a little bit of an asshole, and Daniel's like, yeah, maybe I could have 
been a little bit more sympathetic to your plight and all these things, and they really have those moments. But then, unfortunately, we have these other moments where they're like, it's totally acceptable to walk into someone's place of work and just beat the shit out of them no. for no reason, and then be like, I like martial law style, and like we've lost, we've lost. All of the ground we had with these lessons, but of course we come full circle and we get those lessons again. Yeah, there are just those moments where I'm like, this is a little ridiculous. But all of those moments well, can I, are always can I backed back up. Off Kevin's... I was going to say all oh, of those moments gonna... are backed off, backed up with like, hey, you fucked up. You shouldn't have started a fight there. Like after that, uh, Larusso yells at Lawrence and is like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. Like I didn't come out here to fight. Like we had to defend ourselves. But I want to piggyback up Kevin real quick, is that I think the most underrated performance in the series, including, like, season two when she makes fun of her husband all the time, is Amanda. And it's not because my wife is Amanda. That actress came out of nowhere. Oh, man. Killer. All three seasons has been an absolute standout. She totally gives the entire series leverage. Right? Go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, because every time they, like, it, they're so serious, and she's like, yeah, uh, they're in war in ki- uh, karate dojos. Like, yeah. she makes fun of her husband. It's she's only real character. Yeah, she constantly makes light of how ridiculous all of this is. I mean, yeah. and, it starts from the, yes. and it starts from the very first scene of, uh, of Johnny Lawrence going to LaRusso's house, and they're about to fight in the front line. She's like, are you aren't you?" Re- are you all like these old high school rivals about to do karate in my front yard? No, we're making Come breakfast. In here for breakfast. Come yeah. in here. And you're like, I love that she's but, always sort of the moral center and brings everything back and says, "All right, everybody, we understand this." Like, because the show and the the writers understand that this is all ridiculous, and she is kind of the writers in this totally. case, saying like, but, "This is silly. This is cool." <laughs> they have a very they have a very meta thing they do with that character though, right? She's the voice of reason up into a oh, certain still, point. Karate right? is life. No, but, it, dude. but 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 I think more importantly and thematically, and I guess I'm kind of disproving my point from earlier, but like I think this is an important turning point for her character because she has not realized the the sort of degree to which this has gone. She doesn't. She thinks that all these kids are just in normal circumstances, but she doesn't realize the duress it's and a lot of the emotional distress that her kids are on until she finally meets Crease and realizes, oh my God, this guy actually is a monster. And she has a moment where she apologizes to Daniel, and he, she's like, I didn't know how bad this guy is. And Daniel's like, I know. And Daniel, of course, has been, you know, for lack of a better term, triggered by this guy since he came back on the scene because he yeah. was, if you remember, in Credit Kids, he was like brutalized by this person. He was, yeah. told, I mean, not just like, hey, I'm bullying you. Hey, you're taking a little shit from me. Like physically and mentally abused by this guy. Yeah. And so when Amanda has that moment, she doesn't know how to deal with it either. And she deals with it incorrectly by using violence. And I think that's a very, very important thing. Like she's and, then they, and then they always cut to crease, like at the end of the scene. And he's always, he's always just like, I have to get him shot. He's always like. <laughs> yeah. was, at that moment, Andy, he was thinking, I'm going to go to the cops. I'm going to put a restraining order in. He's and, always and, doing and that. And that's the problem, right? And then again, the, the theme of like violence begets violence. She used violence. She went over the line. And guess what? It had severe ramifications. She lost a lot of ground with that whole argument. I thought that was really good. I actually don't think, I'll disagree with you guys. I don't think she became a real character until season three because I think she just existed to show how, to kind of be the moral compass for Daniel. And then in this one, I think they gave her a lot more to do in season three. And I swear to God, 
two of my favorite episodes. I think my, my top favorite episode is when they they go on the double date by accident. Oh, of course. Right. It's amazing. In, amazing. Yeah, in the Mexican yeah. restaurant? In the Mexican restaurant. Yeah. It's brilliant. Like, Phenomenal. it's those moments that make this show, like, so much more special than just Because you want them out. to be friends. Yeah. yeah. You just want them to get yeah. over their bullshit Nick, and sit yeah. and have a drink and talk to each other. Nick, it's totally. because all of this show is based on misunderstandings it and is. miscommunication. And, and, ego, and, if people, and insecurity. If the people just talk to each other, if... The daughter just tells Miguel, I was grounded. That's why I wasn't answering your text. Oh, okay, cool. And if that person just messages that person and says, hey, my bad, this is what really happened. Like, I, I'm not trying to, like, but, the whole show but, could just be fixed with, like, simple just conversation. We did get a little bit of that, though. We do get a little bit of that where there are those moments of, like, of acknowledgement. And I think that's where the show, does, I mean, Andy, to your point, yeah, a lot of that dramatic irony does kind of happen where it's like, oh, I missed, like, Robbie just happens to walk back in in the one moment where, where Miguel and Sam are, are reconnecting. But I think they do a good job of, like, that's all, of course, set up for those moments of catharsis where, you know, I mean, <sighs> Josh McCuga, Talk let's to take me. a step back for a second. Okay. You're, what, four or five years old when you see the first Karate Kid? By the time, you, by the, time the last Karate Kid comes out, we're, like, what, ten years old, right? Oh, okay, if I told a young Josh McCuga, hey, just wait, 30 years. <laughs> because <laughs> just 30. in 30 years... In 30 years, you're going to get a moment where Daniel LaRusso, Ali, and Johnny Lawrence share a drink at a Christmas party. And it's going to break your heart and make you cry and make you – and it's going to be so cathartic for you that these characters finally sat down and just hashed it out. And there's that one beautiful moment with, with the, the actress who plays uh, uh, Amanda who she goes, oh, you're Ali? Oh, I can't wait to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, it, yep. it's so great. It's so good, hey, man. Dude, oh. that, the alley, alley coming in, I loved it because it's what, episode seven? Like, it's pretty late in no, the season. No, it's the last episode. It's nine no. and ten. Because remember, oh they're God. at the Christmas party, and there's the fight going on at their house. Yeah, you're right. Oh, right. You're my right. God. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a good point. I so much. But I love, I love that I love that Ali's character is used not just as a cameo, but actually as like somebody that really can connect with them. And we don't need the backstory; we already have it. Already but have it. It, it, she does such a good job of like getting the plot to progress and getting the characters to even grow. Like that's now behind them. These two guys were hung up on this girl to different extents, but they are now moving on. And I was feeling real, like anxiety. Heartbreak's not the word, but yeah, somewhere in the south, somewhere I'm like, I'm like. I'm watching this, and it's entirely built up that, like, I should be rooting for Allie to be with Johnny, but I'm not. No, I was scared. Because Miguel's mom's out there, and there's nothing I want more than the two of them to get back together, man. Totally. But I think deeper than that. so beautifully done. I think deeper than that, you know that them getting together is just a mistake. And Allie puts it in perfect terms, which is like, I needed this, but you can't live in the past. You got to move on. And Johnny's like, you're right. I got to move on. And that was... And that leads so beautifully into him realizing that they have to team up, right? That that him realizing I've been living in the past this whole time. The real way to overcome the real bad guy who is Crease and like all of the things that he represents is to bury the hatchet with my with this guy Daniel Larusso and move forward. And man, okay. when in the air tonight starts playing Tim, oh my god! <laughs> I was Are like, you kidding me? I was yeah. like. Ooh. Who's looking into my brain? Why did they know I needed there's this? Bill Collins, there's Sotera, there's all of the, there's all of the music. But dude, as oh. the drunk Tim, yeah. he bowed. We see Daniel Russo yeah, first, and we see all of Miyagi Do and all of Eagle Fang come in, and then 
he looks over as the drum breaks. And I was like, I, I'm like, Andy, they're going to, as the drum break starts, Johnny Lawrence is going to walk in. I fucking knew, even though I knew it was going to happen. Yep. I said it to myself. I know what's going to happen. Perfectly shot. Camera, rack focus from Daniel as he looks over. Johnny walks into frame. And it just cuts to the wide shot of both of them standing in front of their newly formed dojo. Okay. And I start fucking, I'm just like, I was don't, crying. don't look at me right now. Don't look I was at me. crying tears of joy. And this was a night where I accidentally, like, I woke up at 6 in the morning for no reason, couldn't fall back asleep, decided I'm going to finish Cobra Kai because I started it the prior night, like around 1 in the morning or something like that. And unfortunately, I followed up all that hype with Wonder Woman. But, you know, we already talked about that. Um, but, oh, my God, I'm in my bed just like, I, I, I'm so excited. The music is so is pumping, and then the and then the Terry Silver tease happens, and I think it's like this season again. I didn't love the house fight. I felt like it was let's try to replicate the awesome school fight again. I don't think it was as good. Still enjoyed it though. Just don't Uncharted think it was as two, good. Uncharted three. Yeah. So so while while that whole house fight is happening, I'm like kind of underwhelming. We've seen this before, and I think it was done better in the school anyway. But I think those two moments just really encapsulated this whole season and made it all worth it. And God damn, I just, I had tears in my eyes. I'm yelling in my room like at fucking nine in the morning. <laughs> Dude, when they, when they turn to each yeah. other and they bow, but they don't take their eyes off each other like Mr. Miyagi taught, I was like, I don't deserve this. I don't okay. deserve this whole series. And I can't fuck. And I was like, I forgot for one second that they already did season, like they're already greenlit season four. I'm like, oh my God. No. Season four, and it's the 51st under 18 All Valley Grind. <laughs> Let's fucking go. Makuga, okay. what's up? Now, I don't know if you, if you guys can see this. Amanda was almost too embarrassed to post it, okay? But as I was watching the end of the last episode of season three, she videotaped me without me knowing, okay? Oh, my God. Wait, can you send this to Kevin? Because I can, Kev, I can, Wait, I can yeah. zoom in a second to you, Kevin. Uh, did she post it? Email. No, she never posted. Okay, that. yeah, email it to me. Or okay. yes, can you Google well, Drive it to me? While you guys are figuring that out, Andy, yeah. did you like? So we're talking a lot about season three, but like all of the random callbacks and all the moments of of one and two, are there any that come to mind that you want to to particularly bring up? Well, I guess callbacks. I I, I don't know necessarily about callbacks, but I'm just thinking about moments that I was kind of dreading. And it's very much the, even though you know Anakin turns to Darth Vader, you just hope that maybe this time it doesn't happen. And and I felt that way with Miguel, because I thought, mm. I, like, I'm just ride or die Miguel. I fucking hate this Robbie dude. Get him out of my life. And when Miguel starts to show the signs of Cobra Kai and the darkness in him, I'm just like, oh, no, they're going to do this to Miguel. No, I don't want this to happen. I want him to stay the good guy. And then we had that final conversation between he and – I always forget her name, the daughter. I always, Sam. 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 Samantha. Between yeah. – when he walked up to Sam at the thing, after all the heartbreak has already occurred, right, after all the betrayals and he accidentally punches her or whatever, and, and they're, they're there at the, at, the, at the tournament, and he's like, look, Sam, I just wanted to talk to you. And you're like, oh, they're going to reconcile, right? This is where all becomes good. And she's like, and she gets mad at him, and he goes, just wait and watch what I do to Robbie after this. And I was like, oh, no. No, yeah. I felt so, I felt such heartbreak because I, like, I was so mad that they were doing this to Miguel. I didn't want the writers to do it and make him the bad guy. And then he beats up Robbie, and I'll tell you what, 
I never once felt bad for Robbie the whole series. What? Damn. What? Damn, bro. The heartless. I never rooted for Robbie ever. Wow. And I'll tell you, you why. I'll tell you why. Too. They should have cut his fucking hair because he was Fuck so villain to me. No, his hair. Like, when they cut his hair, no. I was like, this looks terrible. If they would have cut his hair, right now. I would be like, oh, he's a good guy now. And they could have made a thing Got like, yeah, I get it. I I get it. it. I I it. it. Now, things are changing, you know. But, but the long hair to me, still, those are the old remnants of the old bad Robbie. And I still saw, and I was, even all the way through season two, I'm like, when's his character turn? When's this going to happen? He's going to become a bad guy at some point again. Because I just always still saw him as the villain. I mean, dude. Even though I didn't love what Miguel did, granted. Let me tell you that much. Like, I, I obviously, I'm like, I loved when Johnny Lawrence walked up to Miguel and said, what are you doing? We don't do this here. And I loved that for Johnny. I loved that conversation that they had between. And then, you know, he and Miguel and Hawk go to Johnny Lawrence and say, hey, we found out that Robbie's your son. What the fuck? And they try to, like, get it. And he's like, look, I don't give a fuck what you all think. Like, we do not. We don't do that. We don't prey on your weaknesses that's pussy shit we don't do that shit and i love when johnny sort of instills that in them and i and the whole time you're watching you're like i just i want miguel and hawk to learn i want them to know that there is a good side and when miguel and hawk start dividing and miguel starts coming back to the good side and the only time i really felt for robbie was in season three when he's in like juvenile detention when he's in in juvie or whatever and he's getting picked on i'm like i care for him here also because i I, they care i think he's a good guy now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I did care for him in Juvie too. I did. I I care. The, I thought the Juvie scenes were shot really well. Yeah. I thought his arc in this was actually really well done, even though it was probably like the D storyline of the show, right? Of season three was him, you know, like joining forces with Kreese, very Darth Vader, very Star Wars kind of oh, a thing dude. near the end there, right? Um, I thought that that <laughs> I'm kind of with Andy on the haircut a little bit, but <laughs> but I you know like Robbie Keane in the in this whole thing is an awesome addition to the show. Again, kind of forgot about a little bit in season three, but you know he's going to be main season four. When mm-hmm. Cobra Kai and then Eagle Fang slash Miyagi-Do comes together, it's going to be, you know, like Sun versus... De- I mean, I... We have three one-on-one set up. Correct. Correct. It's awesome. And, and you I know mean, there's the- going to be... You know there's going to be some... Tons of Daniel LaRusso, Johnny Lawrence tension when he starts calling them pussies and like, yeah, you know, yeah. fart breath oh, or whatever. Oh, that'd be great. Because yeah, yeah, he's, Tim 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 kind of funny. Tim, yeah. uh, there, there is one thing I want to bring up though. So Andy, like with one moment that like I knew you were going to absolutely love, uh, in, I think it was in season two is when we, we go back to Miyagi's house and we see the dojo and we see the car and we see all of that. What did that do for you? Uh, Oh, when, when Robbie kind of uncovers the vehicle, mm-hmm. when Robbie sees the vehicles, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a great callback. I, there. I, Holy I, fuck. Any, any, anytime, the, anytime the show does those callbacks, does the flashbacks, and sometimes they're silent and sometimes they're not. Sometimes you get audio from the old movies. But anytime that happens, like, I, am, I get tears in my eyes. Like, it, mm-hmm. it's still, it means so much to me for a franchise that I just started a couple of fucking weeks ago. It feels yeah, like. Kev, Kevin, what, when they destroyed the car, how did you feel? I mean, when they destroyed the house, it was just, I was furious. When they, I was yeah. so, they it, re- it reminded me of, huh? Oh, it reminded me of a season, uh, season oh, two when they destroy done. everything. Yeah, it's, it's so hard to get a smooth one. It's so hard to get it. It's like, there's the setup, but then it's like, oh, this episode is brought to you by Gabby. We're all looking for ways to save money, especially now. So let me ask you this. 
how would you like to keep an extra $961 a year in your pocket? That's how much Gabby customers save per year on average on car and home insurance. That's why when I was uh, checking out recently how to save money on my insurance, I tried to use Gabby to see what it could save me. Uh, this is the time of year we go shopping for insurance. Gabby takes the pain out of shopping for insurance by giving you an apples-to-apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers. Uh, the, the easiest thing to do is you just link your insurance account, your current one, uh, to Gabby, and in minutes you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage that you currently have across a bunch of other places. I did this and found that I actually already have the best thing, which is great because I've always for years been wondering if I'm wasting money, I should be switching over. So you should check it out now. Uh, Gabby customers save $961 per average on year. That'd be real nice to have in your wallet. Why wouldn't you want to do that? Uh, if they can't find you savings, then they'll let you know so you can relax knowing you have the best rate out there. And then they'll never sell your info, so no annoying spam or robocalls. Uh, you're probably overpaying on car and home insurance. See how much Gabby can save you. It's totally free to check, and there's no obligation. Go to Gabby.com slash morning show. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash morning show. Gabby.com slash morning show to see how much Gabby can save you. And next up, shout out to Green Chef. Green Chef is the first USDA certified organic meal company. Green Chef makes eating well, easy, and affordable with plans to fit every lifestyle, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, or just looking to eat healthier. There's a range of recipes to suit any diet or preference. Kevin's been using it. Joey's been using it. Blessing's been using it. I've had it a ton of times. Green Chef is real quality stuff, and we can help you get $90 off, including free shipping. Uh, Green Chef makes eating well, easy, and affordable with plans to fit every lifestyle. They're the first ever and only keto meal kit on the market. It makes sticking to a low-carb lifestyle easy with recipes averaging only 14 net carbs each. Green Green Chef is the most sustainable meal kit, offsetting 100% of its direct carbon emissions and plastic packaging in every box, so you can feel great about what you're eating and how it got to your table. You can go to greenchef.com slash morningshow90 and use code morningshow90 to get $90 off, including free shipping. Uh, recently, GM made, uh, it was like a, a pork rigatoni, I want to say, and it was fantastic. Loved it. Could not recommend it more. Go to greenchef.com slash morningshow90. Use the code morningshow90 to get $90 off, including, um, there you go, the number one meal kit for eating well, Green Chef. Back to the show. There is I will say the, the the vehicle getting damaged though, Tim, really, really heartbreaking. I know. I know. And I and I loved I loved Daniel's sort of visceral reaction to it. Mm-hmm. I loved uh, again, like the, you you're supposed to kind of I get you're supposed to kind of not love LaRusso in this show. He's supposed to be the goody two shoes kind of other side of things. But I, I don't know, to me they are I mean, we're talking Charles Xavier. We're talking Magneto. Like really we were talking really Professor X and Magneto at, at the end of the day. Exactly, dude. Like you, you, they're they're warring, but they kind of understand. But they're kind of friends, but I mean, they hate thing, each other. But you still love them both. You, uh, yeah, I don't think you're supposed to hate them. I kind of feel like they're they're making them both likable and also showing you where their issues come from, like why they they're kind well, of in, assholes. And I think that's in, all in the first out. episode. There's, you're supposed to hate Daniel LaRusso. I didn't feel that way. You're not supposed to like him. I don't think he you're, supposed to hate, up, you're, you're definitely supposed to be annoyed by him. You're supposed you're to be like, supposed this to guy's a douchebag. Douche yeah, yeah totally. he walks up to Johnny Lawrence, 
Hey, hey, this is the guy. Is this the guy you uh, kicked his ass in, in uh, high school? Well, I kicked his face. <laughs> and like, it's like, man, fuck Daniel Russo, dude. Yeah, so, but then once I you start it. to get into the family life, once you start to see, you know, the wife Amanda and the sort of family man he is and how much he cares for everybody, except their little bitch-ass son. Fuck that. Who, Wait, he's who is better? No, he's in he's the third one. He's in the Freddy Fernandez. They gave him the Freddy Fernandez treatment. No, he's in the third, third one. one. He's in, he's in the third one. like a minute, Nick. Yeah, he remember, Kevin, he's, but he's Kevin, like he really tall. He grew up. Kevin, he lost a lot of weight in season three. Wait. He's yeah. in one shot. Well, what does he do? Um, he's standing uh, with Samantha as in in Miyagi Do. He's standing yeah. with Amanda as Samantha's like with like training again, and and Amanda's like, you can't you can't do karate. Karate's what led to all of this. And the kid's eating like a popsicle, and he's like tall, and his voice is like deep now. And you're like, yeah. dude, give this kid, oh yeah, this kid's gonna be a killer, man. That. Start training him now. Yeah. Um, he lost a lot really of weight. Quick, yeah, really after quick. playing a lot of PlayStation Vita. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to just shout out to there's a moment in season three that I really enjoy, and then I have a moment in season one that disappointed me. So the moment that I really, really enjoyed season three, it's so dumb, is like one of the first episodes, there, um, someone's walking through the school and we see the two, uh, like, big guys that used to be friends that ended up going into different dojos, then fought, and he's like, one of them picks up a book and he's like, hey, uh, these new books are pretty hard hitting, and then it cuts to a scene from the season two where he hits him with the book. And I just loved it. Like, they wanted to make a joke but knew that no one would get it, so they inserted. They had to show you the flashback. And I, I just love <laughs> how much they care to be like, you know what? They're not going to get it. And also, this uh, shit does flashbacks. And then the, the one moment I didn't like from season one is when uh, Robbie gets hurt and uh, LaRusso goes, and then he goes, medic! And it's just like... Get the medic. I oh, wish, come on, that was I, funny. I, I get it, but I kind of wish that it was a little bit of the magic there that had transferred over no, from his face. No, but here's, here's what I'll say, Gavin. My favorite, one of my absolute favorite moments from season one happens right before that, right? So Robbie's fighting by himself. <laughs> They've had this mass falling out where Robbie's been lying to him the entire time. And Daniel no longer trusts him. But his student is basically, like, cleaning up on the mat. And he wants to coach him so badly. And during, right at the final match, I think it's the final match, the announcer comes out, and it's the exact scene was when Allie runs out in the first movie, and the guy goes, Daniel LaRusso's going to coach? Daniel LaRusso's going to coach? And I'm like, that's the dumbest, greatest line anyone's ever met. Yeah. So, it was so dumb, but I was it's like, I'm fucking so in on this. Give me the Kool-Aid. I'm drinking it. It's great. Well, 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 and here's what I want to do. reversal of Miguel winning at the end is genius. Yeah. He yeah, won. The bad guy won. Oh, yeah. And so, the one thing so great. The one thing they keep, the running joke that keeps happening throughout the show, which I really enjoy, is that Daniel LaRusso was like the actual bully, which was that ver that viral video that went viral, right? Yeah. Which is, it depends on how you look at the movie. He was like, not. you can no, see it both sides. He was not the no. bully. He was not. But the best is in season three, when they're in that, that, yeah. that city council meeting, he's like, I heard you were the real bully. And he turns yeah. around and says, <laughs> <laughs> I love that part. I love yeah. that part. It's so so damn great. So what I want to do now is I, I want to to get into the plot. Uh, sure. Nick, do you wanna do you wanna hit that off? Ladies and gentlemen, Cobra Kai never dies. We're gonna start off with some quick highlights of season one. Uh, of course, it starts off we find Johnny just not in a great situation. Doesn't know which wall to hang TVs on, and still using a lot of really outdated terminology and having a lot of really outdated takes on life. Uh, right. Of course, he saves his new neighbor Miguel. Uh, who is a teenager from getting his ass kicked by Kyler, 
and his group, who uh, I thought was going to get the Freddie Fernandez treatment, and then yep. in season three, spoilers, Tyler gets karate power. Johnny says Miguel from Getting Good Sucks. Dude, he's mm-hmm. aw- that guy. That actor is awesome, playing that role perfectly in my like, opinion. I mean, but first off, like, I think he's younger than most of the actors on the show. Like, well, this dude looks like he's thirty-eight. His hairline <laughs> is like, 45, way up yeah. there, dude. He's a forty-five-year-old yeah. man. Uh, so anyway, fun, so fun things on that. Some fun facts actually for you is uh, Ralph Macchio was fifty-six years old at the the time of the release of season one, which is four years older than Pat Morita was at the time of release of Karate That's Kid. Incredible. That is crazy. What, it's crazy what dyed hair will do for you. You know. Yeah, I know, right? No. <laughs> and uh, Samantha. Samantha's actress it was 22, playing a 17-year-old, which is the same as Ralph Macchio. Oh, that's cool. Uh, of course, Johnny uh, reluctantly agrees to teach Miguel karate. Uh, and it's funny. I, I love all the parallels visually here, obviously, like the same apartment, uh, building. same apartment buildings that they're living in. The fact Freddy that Johnny kind of, Freddie's always there. You're like, Freddie, you don't fucking live here. You have a home of your own. Go home. He's like, I should have been bigger in this franchise. This is the Real talk. Real talk, though. Knowing Cobra Kai, knowing they got to bring Freddie back. Is Freddie, can you imagine how much we'd all got to come back if Freddie came back? Oh, they should have. We just said the hashtag right now. Before they should have made the the old guy that tries to join Cobra Kai and like eventually does and becomes like kind of the goofy dude. He should have been Freddie Fernandez. Sting Ray. Ray. Uh, <laughs> of course, Johnny finds a new direction in life, and he's going to teach Miguel by by reopening. Uh, Cobra Kai in that same strip mall. And by the way, shout out, we, we, we've, we've harped on and made fun of a little bit the, the production values of this, but that strip mall is perfect. Whoever found that location is fucking knocked out of the park. Perfect karate it, shop. It is so perfectly indicative of the, all the places that I've taken karate in my life. Yeah. When I, when I first took karate, but I remember talking about this, remember my original karate, karate shop, shop was next to the Leslie Pool Supply in Riverside, yeah. California. It looked yeah. exactly like that. And then, of course, the United Studios of Self-Defense was across in the cinemas up in, uh, Cane Crest in Riverside. So they nailed that. Anyway, uh, we wait, get- wait, real quick, Nick, did you notice at the beginning of season one, like the third line is Miguel saying he was, uh, I'm actually from Riverside. So, parallels, buddy. I'm telling you right now, man. I mean, I see a lot of myself in that kid. We're both tall, we're beautiful, we both have great yeah. hair. You know, we're both agile, very athletic, Kevin. Totally. Um, uh, and again, these are some recaps, guys. These are just some highlights. Just get, you move us along. Uh, we get an awesome Halloween episode where Miguel dresses in the skeleton costume instead of the costume that his grandmother made for him, which I thought was hilarious. Um, and it also maybe just, a, a Spider-Man or Deadpool, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it started a Deadpool, but then I, I guess it kind of just went to generic hero. And he's like, it sucks. <laughs> uh, and then when he when he's like, I got a costume for you. And of course, when Miguel walks in. Mm-hmm. Into the same like that same high school setting in the skeleton costume. This is why this show's so good, Kevin. You you hit the nail on the head. These characters are complex, and the situations they put them in are complex, and the emotions I feel are complex. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't like that. That shouldn't be good. That should be a thing that triggers a very negative reaction in you. But I, but the first thing I thought was that fucking costume would look so cool, and it's awesome that he gave him that. But he gave him the costume, and it takes on a different meaning, just like everything does, right? That negative costume that was, like, so, you know, that pivotal moment in Karate Kid where all of us beat the shit out of Daniel and Miyagi finally goes, I'll teach you, I'll train you. That shouldn't be that way, but they flip it on its side, right? They turn it for you. Anyway, we'll move it on. Uh, he looks great in that. Uh, uh, I'll turn it as, as the story progresses in the season, Robbie goes to work for Daniel to piss off his dad because his dad is now training Miguel. Uh, uh, and so he ends up uh, not only working for him, but being Miyagi-Do's 
uh, first student. Uh, Miguel uses his newfound karate power to beat Kyler's ass. Uh, the video goes viral and, of course, is an excellent recruiting thing for Cobra Kai, uh, and they're off to the races. Uh, soon after, Eli, who is now a hawk, and Aisha, who, who for some reason just disappears after season two, uh, gets karate it. powers also. They, they, I mean, actually, it makes into, total sense that if yeah. the fucking, your kid got into a giant de- death-defying brawl with someone that wound up with someone in a coma, you'd probably be like, you're fucking genius. Well, yeah, the director, the writer said that they didn't have a, a space for her. They didn't really know where to put her. Like, Which is kind of shitty. Yeah. Honestly. That's true. Like, from like the Moon has, shit that I've read, seems pretty bad. Really? But, I don't know. Yeah. Of, like, why that actress isn't returning. It's that's just nice. like, seems yeah. like she was written out. That's a poor thing. I really liked that character. Yeah, yeah I liked her too. Like I, I feel like it was um, that was the first uh, character that connected uh, Miyagi. Do. Both factions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was that was the moment, but also that was the first. She when she comes into the dojo, I think she actually is the first student to come in, right? She's a, well, she's and, the second student. Well, Miguel, I'm sorry, Miguel's the first student, but she's the first after the video goes viral. She goes, "I want to learn karate," and of course, that's another growth moment for Johnny, where he's like. Girls can't do karate. And Miguel's like, that's a very out- – I mean, he literally turns like, Sensei, that's a really outdated, like, uh, outlook on, 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 on the world right now. And he goes, fire, and he pits them against each other. And then, of course, she does what I would do in that situation, at least hope to do, just a perfectly executed just blast double on Miguel and takes his ass down to the ground. And I'm like – and then Johnny has that moment of, like, growth where he's like, oh, I was wrong. She can totally do it. Let's go. It's going to get some kind of funny. Another thing I really appreciate about this show, and it's something that can only exist in this new era of content on, you know, YouTube, Netflix, and all this stuff, where it's, like, not beholden to people telling what they can and can't do. Like, Johnny Lawrence's character in this show, he starts off, he is racist. Like, blatantly yeah. racist to a point where it's, racist, like, sexist, he's not horrible. It's, it's, you'd think starting Cobra Kai, where it's, like, oh, it's Johnny Lawrence, and, like, was Daniel the bully? Like, we all heard that pitch, but... Seeing this, it's like they started off, and it's like, no, Johnny Lawrence is not the good guy. Like he is he's not a great. He's dude. bad. It is 2020, and he's a bad guy. And you know, he beats up fucking kids, and it's like, <laughs> uh, like so much shit happens quickly. But I love that we're now seasons into this show, and they still have him saying pussy. They still have him being the character he is. They they use the words they want to use to be the character that it is. And I love that they're showing that like even these people that. They mean well. They're, they have a good heart. There is something in there, and it's like they can learn. They can grow, and that growth isn't going to come all at once where it's like, okay, you're you're doing only things you should, not things you shouldn't. And it's like that's something that I, I don't think I've seen in any other show ever, period. But there's also there's also moments, too, that I think they, they craft very delicately but very brilliantly where – some of Johnny's, like, toughness left over from the 80s is actually what these kids need. And so you have that back and forth, right? Absolutely. You're like, Johnny, you can't talk but, to people like that. But these kids also might be just a squidge too sensitive. And well, when Johnny yeah, puts uh, that in a situation, they rise to the occasion. And it's pretty interesting. It's, it's interesting. It's, the, it's the, like the – Go ahead, from, go. from, from uh, good, good guys, all-around guys. The good the, people. The, the good people association. Um, the, uh, the thing is that, you know, he – he says what, like, every dad in the South wants to say to their kid when they come home, and they're like, I want a blue streak in my hair, right? Like, he's just calling them, kind of, like, he's just being that mean dad who, like, just got home from World War II, and his son's like, I think I'm going to be a ballerina. Like, that's that's what Johnny Lawrence is getting at, right? Like, he has, there's no, there's only one straight line. And, yes, it's very funny. It's, it's, it's very Johnny Lawrence, but also his learning curve isn't much of a curve. It's it's a very flat line that he like 
deviates from every now and then. It is a line, yeah. It's a line, because he's still calling him penis breath in the second to last episode of season three. (laughs) Uh, And it's, I mean, there's that moment in the end of season three where he tells the kids, he's like, if you want to be a part of, like, my karate, join us in the park, 4 p.m. But he walks out, he slaps the books out of the kids' hands, and he's like, sorry, kids, old habits. (laughs) Old habits. (laughs) Old habits. (laughs) Anyway, uh, and again, again, to the the writing, like, you end up liking this character in spite of himself, which I think is a good place to start with the character. And I anyway, tweeted it out. I tweeted um, it out last week. I was like, if anybody deserves an Emmy nomination in this show, it's Billy Zabka. Because... Mailing it, yeah. And the writers. Hit. I think the writers should get an Emmy. Writers, me. totally. But Billy Zabka's performance of Johnny Lawrence is unwaveringly confident. And it's good. Right? Like... You don't think it. he's a- yeah they, they commit. commit you don't think he's acting where a lot of like no offense to Macchio he's acting like you can see it the wife probably the second best actor on the show behind Zabka everybody else is acting on the show like poor is Mary Daniel Mouser. Russo acting because I yeah. I don't see it I cause you don't I, I have a I have a thing with Daniel Russo in in Cobra Kai that it's it's not about the acting because like it's just that it, it doesn't feel like the Daniel LaRusso we know. Like, all of Nick's impressions do not apply to this man that we're seeing. No, no. And, like, it's been 30 years. <laughs> yeah. Some He's been changed. living in Southern I, I California for 30 years. Yeah. But it's, 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 a, it's a little... He doesn't have the fun. He's not, like, bouncing around, ever. He's, like, always just kind of buttoned up and lame, which I think kind of fits, but I, I think it's acting. Okay, okay, okay. I, I, right. think, I think that... Acting. I think that... I think that William Zabka had a bigger range of where the character needed to go, and I think he does nail it. Um, yeah. I will say though that one of the one of obviously the delights was seeing Elizabeth Shue rejoin the cast, but the second she did, and this is no disrespect to the rest of the cast, but she is so much better of an actor that yeah. it almost feels like she's out of place in this kind of material. Totally. But the fact is, you like deep down you can feel that she was having fun when oh, she yeah. was filming it, and so you just go. This is the greatest show I've ever made. I don't give a shit. Like, she's smiling the whole time. And you're like, I don't think this character should be smiling there. But you know, it was just like Elizabeth. She was like, this is so awesome that we're doing this. Like, who gives a shit? Yeah. It's a high school reunion, man. It is. Like, here's the thing. It's a high school reunion where these characters are here and they don't fuck. They essentially all admit to each other that they want it. They want to fuck. And that's all yeah. anyone really For wants sure. to know yeah. is that it could have happened. Yeah, it could have happened. Timmy the whole time. It. That's absolutely right. The whole time you are you – like at least for me, the whole time I'm thinking, please don't go with Allie. Please don't kiss her. I love oh, for sure. that that Billy Zabka's uh, Johnny Lawrence's you know coming to Jesus moment is Allie telling him like I hear about this girl, she sounds amazing. He's like she is amazing. He's like you know all our good times, the good times way outweigh the bad. It's great to see you guys, yada yada yada. And he goes back to see the wife. Like I didn't want to see him with her. I loved the the reunion. I thought it was glorious in every sense of the word. But I'm very, very glad that, that they didn't take the route of Johnny Lawrence being Johnny Lawrence of 1985. They took the route of Johnny Lawrence finally making the right decision after three seasons. Uh, uh, so uh, I think I'll throw it in here. It might be in season two. We do get – I think it's Ed Asner. Is that who plays his stepdad? Yeah. Yes, uh, yes. Is just a complete dick. And so there's that moment where I, that I thought was brilliant where they're like, Johnny was a rich kid. Well, guess what? Johnny wasn't a rich kid. Johnny's stepdad was a rich was, was rich, and he was an asshole. And that's yeah. what led Johnny originally to Cobra Kai in the first place because Johnny was being abused at home. Uh, and that's the first time we really understand that this show is going to be about – 
bullying, what causes it, the cycle of violence, the cycle of abuse that, that goes behind that, and how uh, violence only begets violence, which we're going to see a lot in this. Uh, anyway, with their newfound karate powers, Hawk and Aisha <laughs> and Miguel go to uh, to crash a birthday party for the actress. I can't remember her character's name. Uh, the uh, whole gang Moon. Moon. Um, no, no, not Moon. No, and the other blonde girl. girl. Yeah. It's the blonde girl's birthday party. Um, Miguel acts like an abusive asshole, asshole and accidentally hits Sam because she's been grounded and hasn't gotten back to her. He, she shows up with Robbie. There's that whole love triangle thing that's happening, and it's very reminiscent of uh, the scene on the beach. for the with, first time, right? He has. And, yeah. boy, he was not laying off those 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 cords. Ooh, he likes um, the The blonde girl gets a front wedgie, which I thought was just completely ridiculous. Um, and then... We're off the races into the tournament. We'll just skip ahead to the tournament here. Oh, the 50th ridiculous. under a – because I've never heard of a front wedgie You've before. You've never but heard of like, a front wedgie. Really you grew up, in a, you grew up in a different time, oh, man. Yeah. Dude, the idea of anyone giving anyone a front wedgie is – I was like, that's the first time I've ever seen that. I'll be honest it's with you guys. Equal wow. man. The, the early 2000s and late 90s yeah. were a different time. Guess so, man. Guess so. Um, sorry, hold on a second. Tunes, just get down. They can't even see it. Okay. The fiftieth under eighteen All Valley Karate Championship starts, uh, and of course it's the Cobra Kai. And that's, by the way, the, you want to talk about a hype moment, Tim? You want to talk? Mm-hmm. I do. I really do, Nick. Do it. <laughs> you fucking understand? You don't even know what hype is. You don't know. <laughs> he goes, guys. You can't. You're not gonna fight in those fucking white geese. You're not going to fight in the white Oh, heat. my God. And then when the fucking thing starts and we hear Cobra Kai Dojo, they come in just like they did before, marching, and they're in the sleeveless black and yellow geese, and it's it is so, so cool. It's so fucking cool. cool. I can't even say And again, you're not supposed to like it, but you do. Uh, anyway. I do, I do really want to make quick mention, though. I got very emotional when Johnny Lawrence gives him his white gi, his old white gi. Oh, uh, the old white gi. Uh, yeah, w- once... Once Miguel comes back and they realize, like, oh, you won the fight. You kicked all those kids' asses at school. Let's go out to the trunk of my car. This is obviously when Robbie sees Robbie him hug, it, hug his dad, uh, sees Absolutely. Miguel hug his dad or whatever. But that moment, like, I got teary-eyed. It was, it was such an a emotional beautiful – It was such a beautiful moment between these right. two, you know, teacher and student that, you know, didn't really see eye to eye, and now they're kind of becoming more connected. I thought it was great. Uh, somewhere in here, also, uh, Johnny gets a dope ass charger, uh, which I was like, "Why would you?" <laughs> oh, yeah, he did, dude. Yeah, he did, and then he and then he like he oh, kits it out, so it's like God. the Cobra Kai mobile, which is yeah, awesome. So beautiful. Uh, uh, we also get introduced to Daniel's whole family. We also get introduced to Daniel's dumbass cousin, who decides for some reason to get some hell angles to go beat Johnny's ass, and then Johnny just schools them all. Yeah. Anyway, dude, I, lo- I, love, I love that though, as a, as a moment, because that I think was the first moment in the show that made me go like, "Oh no, don't do that! Don't do that!" You know, like, mm-hmm. it's good because I, I didn't expect it. And those characters were so just stupid and, like, whatever. But I love that they're back now. <laughs> like, I know. I, they, I love They're so characters. good now. Two very, two very like, well-known L.A. comedians, Brett Ernst and Dana Dute, play Cousin Louie and Anoush. Oh, they're, like, they're great. two guys that I, I, you know, go and see all the time. Yeah. Josh, you could have definitely nailed the Italian who was a little bit like lax with the rules. But, you know, my, my cousin owns the dealership. Oh, so co- so Cousin Louie. Is Cousin Louie the son of the um, uncle that we uncle saw? Uncle Louie, yes. Yes, I love yeah. it. Oh, God, I love that's it. a good And uh, I like anyway. that his mom, his mom's really only in, like, season one and part of season two, really. Oh, oh yeah, God, that's right. But she's so, when, she, when we see her, she's so great. She's yeah. so great to see her back. 
Yeah. Uh, anyway, we go to the competition. Miguel and, and the Cobra Kai's are, of course, cleaning house. Miguel gets to the finals. Robbie gets to the finals. Uh, Robbie injures his shoulder, unfortunately, which Miguel uses to his advantage to win. Um, and I love this because it's not supposed to go down that way. And if you remember, Daniel injured his knee, but pushed through and Robbie just did, uh, was, he just couldn't do it, man. And Miguel ends up winning. And it's conflicting, right? Because you've been with Miguel the whole time. You're kind of rooting for both of them, but Miguel has turned to the dark side at this point. You don't want him to win, but he does, and thus solidifies Cobra Kai, uh, so much so that the flare has gone up into the sky. And who should see that, Kevin? That's right. John Kreese. He's back. He comes back, and his hair is just the most anime wedded look in the doorway, okay. walking there, smoking the cigar, and you're like, no way are they doing this right now. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, they are. They are. And I love, oh. by the way, in season three, he gets the cutout back, but it's a new cutout of him, yeah. a new Sandy yeah. of him. Hilarious. <laughs> uh, season two starts, and Johnny has let Kreese back into his life, and after much debate, he allows him to come in and be a co-sensei with him. Uh, but immediately, it's not it's, it's not long before Kreese uh, starts poisoning the students with his brand of No Mercy. We've been introduced to that idea as well, which Johnny has now trying to dial back because Miguel and Hawk, uh, quote unquote, were dishonorable uh, by using someone's injury against them. You have to fight someone. They said it, and I quote, "It's a pussy move to uh, to beat someone when they're not at their best." Uh, you got to fight people on the best if you want to be the best. Uh, Robbie ha- has ostensibly moved in with Larusos now because his mother has absconded to Cabo, uh, and he tries his hardest not he tries his hardest not to make out with Sam Tim. And you think to yourself, yeah, fucking right. Yeah, fucking <laughs> right. First off, you put, I mean, this is why I don't have kids. Because you have kids, and you let that little long-haired bastard in, he's going to make out with your daughter at some True. point. Totally. You're not keeping True. those, you're not keeping those kids two kids away. He might be on. one of the most beautiful he, human beings I've seen since Brink. Like, he's it's just a beautiful thing. Oh, my yeah. God, he does look like... No, he, he looks like Brink. He could be he this, looks, like a bad guy in it's Brink. The, or like, it's the same 90s hairstyle from Airborne and Brink. Airborne, that's right. It's the butt cut. It's the butt cut. It's so good. Anyway, you know, it's like true story, as somebody that was adopted by a karate family with a hot daughter, I get why you <laughs> think that was gonna happen. <laughs> because because I, I clearly I made out with the daughter. I mean everybody knows that's what's of, gonna course. of course. Of uh, course. of course Robbie waits, you know, he holds out for all of one day before they eventually strike up a relationship and now it's Robbie and Sam and Miguel and the newly introduced Tori. Oh, like a hurricane, and I love, I love, I love every the introduction of, it. of the character. So dumb, like, oh hey, you guys won. I've always liked fighting. I want to join, and then she. It's got, so it's that's the, the, the by the way. This is the moment the show became anime. I just want everyone yeah. to know when like people start walking out the streets, and that's their character introduction. Of course, we'll learn a lot more about Tori. And yeah, her walking in, I'm like, oh, she's gonna be some problems right here. She's <laughs> gonna be a problem. <laughs> There's uh, characters they introduce at this point that, like, you're like, oh, these are going to be throwaway characters. But, like, they do stuff with Stingray. They do stuff with the two tall bullies that are, like, end up, though, like, I love the two know, tall, the tall, yeah. the no, I, guys, do too, yeah. but just, I love that dynamic. But you because think, it's the payoff for all of this is so good because they were all friends yep. and then they eventually come back. It's so, it's so weird and rare to have a show with this many characters that... When I watch a show, there's always going to be a couple of people that I'm like, oh, background people, yeah, quit cutting this fucking scene. But in this, like, in this movie or in this show, a lot of these characters, again, not great at acting, but I don't, I'm never mad whenever they cut to the little storylines. It's always just like, cool, I want to see what's going to happen uh, between all these people. Well, yeah, that's, that's what so I was trying movie. to say. It's so cool that, like, 
they pan around in the start of season two, and we see all these new people, and you're like, oh, I'm sure we're not going to see them too much. But instead, it goes the opposite, where so many of them have moments where we're like, oh, I like I don't know any of their names, but like I know that kid. I know the little one. Nerdy he kid. The other, nerdy the nerdy kid. kid with the glasses. Fat guy, tall guy, other fat guy, hawk girl. Penis breath. Angry hawk girl, hawk, uh, you know, Robbie. I mean, you've got it all. Hawk is the only one that I feel like they could have done a little bit more with that character because he quickly becomes the one-note socio-psychopath. Then I think it's unfortunate well, they did, that they though. did that to that character because I think – well, they eventually do. But in yeah. all of season two, you just fucking hate him. You just he got, well, he hate got bullied. him. Yeah. And he got bullied because of his lip. But you also, any of you guys ever go to a karate party in high school and have to drink while standing on one leg? Because I didn't, and I'm a little bummed about it. Yeah. Josh, if you well, want, when this well, whole pandemic that. is over, we can do just that. We'll do, we'll yeah. do uh, chair or stool drinking, whatever Nick, the fuck they did. Anyway, yeah, yeah. we have we have that one Kevin, moment where yeah, we, we have we that one moment it. where I Hawk. Pony. We have <laughs> a moment where Hawk is talking to uh, the other nerd. I forget his name. Dimitri. Um, yeah, Dimitri. Yeah, Dimitri and Hawk are sitting on the couch, and he's like. You hear about the new Doctor Who? Uh, oh, is, is he good? Oh, she's great. Oh, really? No way. And you start to see those little small moments. And you're yeah. like, oh, this is going to be this is where the turn might begin. And then the turn doesn't happen there. And you every time you think there's going to be a turn, there isn't. But then when we finally get the turn, it doesn't make any fucking sense. And no, that's what really bummed me out with Hawk. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Well, also, just, I, and I, I totally agree with you, like I said earlier. But I love Hawk just in general. Like, him... The lip thing, then becoming Hawk, having the Mohawk, changing the color of the Mohawk, getting the tattoo, getting the moon tattoo that if you notice in season three turns into becomes a fucking reaper. Yeah. It's just so fucking great. The dumb little things that they add. Yeah. Nick, I don't know. I, I, I haven't seen season two for about a month now, but uh, did we skip past the part of learning the balance on the in the pond of Miyagi-Do? I, think uh, I don't have that in my notes, but that's kind of happening as this is all going Okay, on. either way. I fucking love it. This is yes. probably the first scene in the entire franchise so far of Cobra Kai that I'm like, this is pure Karate Kid goodness. Uh, mm-hmm. They're learning a lesson with all of this, them learning together to, to balance it all out. I was like, I have chills from head to toe for five minutes straight. Yeah, cool. and then it all pays off in when they fight in the mall and they're in the mm-hmm. food court. And we have the top-down shot of Robbie and Samantha fighting, and then it cuts to the top-down shot of them on the pond doing the same thing, and it's the coolest, like, stupid, really gimmicky, so gimmicky cheesy, so cheesy, cheesy trick. But it works! It's so fucking good. It's so it is what it is. Um, more highlights. Eli trashes the Miyagi-Do Dojo and steals the Medal of Honor, which, of course, oh, he shows them. when they all go out and fight in the park. Um, uh, hawk rather. No, no, no. It's, 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 I like that you, you use his actual name. It's just one of those moments where I was like, who's Eli? It's Hawk. Yeah. Uh, real quick. Uh, to, to, one, from... to one thing Andy said okay. about Hawk and, and, uh, Dimitri, when we have that moment when they're having that nice conversation they're having, that is a turn for Dimitri where he makes fun of him for being a nerd afterwards, right? At the party. Yeah, he just yeah. pours beer on his head, and he's yeah. like, I don't, I don't watch that nerd shit anymore. Yeah. And, of course, by now, his uh, by now, I mean, there's been some very real consequences to Hawk's sort of uh, progression toward being a bully and trying to be that alpha in that he loses Moon uh, forever, basically. She's like, I don't – she has that moment where she's like, she's I, don't wanna, I don't want to date you. I'm, I don't want to date a bully is what she says to him and then moves on and, of course, moves on to a relationship uh, with someone else. Um, but – 
I think he has an it, like that's what's so crazy about watching this is when you watch these characters go through, you just want to pull them aside and have someone fucking talk to them. Dude. And they just it's just ah, it's so hard to watch. Anyway, I love I love that moment where Moon where Moon kisses the girl that he yeah. was going to go try to hit on. Like yeah, fuck you, Locke. go fuck yourself. But dude. but to his to his credit to his credit, Demetri says she looks really happy, and he goes, she does. Like he doesn't have any he doesn't have any issue with her sexuality. He's just re- he's just having a hard time rectifying the fact that he's been the impetus and the cause of their breakup to begin with. He just and doesn't I, admit that. I love the the like the secondary hot girls from West Valley High because they look very West Valley High like. You know, blonde, kind of bubbly, you know, hot, the the cheerleaderish kind of a thing, but also West Valley, and they bring that really hard in season three because those two girls, one that comes back from France and the other girl, I mean, they they, they the casting on those girls is spot on. Comes back from France. The the, the front wedgie girl. Yeah, the front wedgie. So she was like oh, the, she the was girl bully, yeah. yeah. And then and I love by the way that she ends up making it out with the beach. We'll get there. We'll yeah. get there. Uh, the dude from Richard Jewell is introduced and he's hilarious. Uh, Johnny falls in love with Miguel's mom Carmen and, and it has a little uh, 80s inspired dream about her, which is hilarious as well. Uh, oh, Sam Sam and Robbie go skating, dress as uh, the characters from Pretty in Pink, and I hate normally I hate when they do this because they write dialogue for these actors and I'm like. Neither of these kids have, have seen ever seen. They do not know who James Spader is. They do not know who Molly Ringwald is. They don't get the significance of that god awful pink dress that she made herself, which every you're supposed to think was great, and well, I cringe every time she puts it on. But I digress. It's great seeing him dressed as Spader and her dressed as Molly Ringwald. I don't give a shit if these kids don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Anyway, they move on, and then of course uh, Sam gets in a, in a skating fight with Tori, which just seems like a fucking ACL tear waiting to happen. Oh, um, totally. Robbie's mom it. goes to rehab. Wait, Johnny wait, wait, kicks one, one, out. one more second. I just want to go back to the, to the skating ring. Isn't this the moment where Miguel's like, hey, can I borrow this jacket? And he comes out with a yeah. fucking leather bomber, and it just looks so fucking cool. So sick. So dope. <laughs> Tim, put it back on. What the fuck are you doing? Just wait. Put it back on. Tim doesn't know how to come in. Get another cord and put it back on, my friend. We got one half a page left of it. Get him a banquet. Uh, Get him a banquet. Johnny. Johnny kicks Kreese out of Cobra Kai in an attempt to salvage uh, the soul of his dojo for not once, not twice, but I guess a third time at this point. Uh, Johnny and Daniel double date, and I love this episode so much because it's the first time these characters actually get a chance to talk and, t- and talk about their feelings to each other. Uh, Sam gets drunk uh, with what was Josh was talking about before, which I guess is something that kids do nowadays. Tim, I didn't grow up in the 90s, but is that what kids do? They just want to stand on chairs and drink beer until one of them falls off. I've never seen it happen, but I'm not shocked. Have you seen TikTok, Andy? That's yeah. Right. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> which of course, uh, uh, Robbie being stupid, instead of taking her back home, he takes her to Johnny's instead. And Johnny, instead of being a, like, no adult would do this, but Johnny does it anyway. He would, imme- I mean, Christ's sake, he would, he's not stupid. He would immediately call Daniel and be like, your daughter's here. He yeah. But, but, but that's Johnny Lawrence, man. Johnny well, Lawrence doesn't, he doesn't he play stupid. by your rules, Nick. You idiot. He's trying to, <laughs> it, it, to his, to his credit, or not his credit, to his defense, I guess, he's trying to, rekindle his relationship with his son and be cool, but he makes the absolute wrong choice here, and we know that because Daniel comes in frazzled the next day, kicks the door down, they get into a fight, uh, and then Sam he, so he pulls cool. Sam out. Uh, and then like, he breaks the TV. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot to mention at the party, Sam kisses Miguel, which Tori sees. Of course, Tori waits till instead of blowing up at that moment, uh, because the cops come, Tori waits till the next day, where she comes over the loudspeaker and straight calls Sam out. And at this point, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a bitch. I'm like, at this point, Tim, 
Because I'm, you know, I'm not a visionary. Okay, I have a very small-minded person. I don't have an imagination. I don't really understand how things work. My phone is magic to me. Okay, I'm thinking they're going to fight in the parking lot after school. In no reality could I have fucking imagined that a school-wide brawl would break out, a la Daredevil season one, where it's just one continuous shot. Mantis comes, what's his name? Not Mantis, Mantis. Stingray comes in and slaps someone in the back of a fucking knee, starts wrecking (laughs) shit. You get all of the pair-offs that you wanted to see, Tim, the X-Men versus the Magneto's people. They all come, they're all paired up, the two big guys, the two little guys. Everyone's fighting who they're supposed to fight. It's literally like one of those old arcade games where like Marge Simpson or like the Ninja Turtles or the or even the X Men video game where you all fight in four on four but you all gotta fight different people yeah, as you're walking brilliant. across. Brilliant. It's dude Kevin Kevin brought this up earlier, the the scene about the like the, this book looks like it hits or whatever, and then we get the flashback and Kevin was like, It's because no one would remember that. I remembered it, Kevin. I remembered it because I've watched this scene fifteen fucking times. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like this this I don't think that Cobra Kai or Karate Kid could ever be as good as this five minute section. Is it five minutes? Is it ten minutes? I don't know. Oh, so five minutes. It is the red, uh, or it is the raid. It is, mm-hmm. yes, again, the Daredevil. It is, yep. it, it was so intense and I'm watching it just cheering in my bed. I laughed so hard when Miguel is just running down the hallway when the when uh, right after Tori sort of gets on the loudspeaker and he's running, I'm like, bro, Miguel damage control Robbie. dog, damage control dog, you gotta go yeah, fucking save this shit. Good luck, good luck. And bro, the, fight, good luck. the fight breaks out and it is just it's nonstop one shot sort of like, dude, how is this existing in a high school? God. I don't care. It's well, animated. The teachers come out and like they get their asses beat too, and like they get to the point the where the teachers come like, out and they're like, no, no we're not, no, we're not. This is not our job. I, don't I love it. I this. love it. Yeah. Um, I love I love Stingray being there, kind of being like, yeah, yeah, sure, fucking whatever, like pretending he's a security guard and still getting in on the fight. It's so great. I expected to hate Stingray. I thought he was going to be the worst character, and I still enjoyed the part that he was in. Oh my god! The the, the flag thing when he pops up and he wins, I lost my shit. Like that was amazing. Because I'm with you, Andy. He should have sucked. Yeah, Yeah. totally. He's a 30-year-old man you know who goes up to a high school party with a date. She's like, I thought we were going we to hang out with your friends. He goes, yeah, these are my friends. <laughs> is that not what you're like? Oh, you, know what? you know what scene you skipped over real quick, uh, St. Nicholas? You, <laughs> is that, uh, is that uh, the, the scenes where Johnny Lawrence goes to hang out with all the old Cobra Kai dudes, and their one buddy oh, dies, and they put, him, they put him in a legitimate body they bag. They put him in a body bag. Yeah. And then yeah, the actor died weeks after the Body bag! Yeah, that's yeah. the same guy. So the actor, was I he actually love... sick, or was yeah. he died of something? Oh, yeah. really? Wow. He yeah. actually died, yeah. Because yeah. I'll tell you what, during those whole sequences, I was like, this guy actually looks sick. Yeah, yeah. but there this was another really good guy makeup. that was like I wasn't sure. that also kind of looked like him, and I was like, is this... Oh, no, no, he was a priest. No. no. Yeah, but I was like, is the priest doing it? He's a pastor. Oh, you're right. Pastor. Was, the, was the pastor doing it in solidarity? I kind of had the feelings that that was going on. Dude. But I actually I really liked that him. episode. No, because he made mention about his hair, Kevin. The the pastor made mention that he lost, like, there was a joke and a back and forth between he and Johnny, because he's like, Johnny, you look like yeah. shit or whatever. He's like, yeah, you're talking. Look at your hair or whatever. He's like, yeah, yeah. but what? Johnny, there's a, I mean, uh, Andy, there's a moment where he and the guy who ends up, I think it was Tommy ends up dying, not Bobby, because Bobby, Tommy, Do- Johnny, and fucking, I don't know. They're so hard to keep Dobby. talking to. Yeah, Dobby. Dobby, Dobby um, loves us, son. But he's sitting with the guy who's dying of cancer, and he's like, 
he looks over to me. He's like, I mean, by the way, let's talk about this episode for a second. The fact that all of them have a very negative reaction when Johnny says he's brought back Cobra Kai. Yeah. And when he realizes that he's like, I need to change this. And obviously this is the opportunity that Chris needed to get in, really solidify his hold over the, over, over the dojo. Amazingly written episode. But they're yeah. sitting on the log and the guy looks, he's like, Johnny, you have the most important thing. And in my first thought, Andy, was a great hairline. You still have that great hairline. You still have it, yeah. You still got it. And he's like, and I'm like, okay, yeah, time, that's important too. That's really important. But Jesus, Billy Zapka with that fucking great hair, am I right, Josh? Anyway, I digress. Uh, This ends up badly. Uh, The brawl ends up with Miguel, of course. Now, again, another brilliant contradiction here. Miguel does what he's supposed to do. He shows mercy to Robbie. Then Robbie, enraged, uh, repays him by kicking him off the second-story balcony railing and uh, putting him into a coma and potentially paralyzing him for life. Um, and then uh, the tears were flowing. Oh, my God. When, when Johnny Lawrence is in the hospital looking at him through the window, the tears were flowing for me. I was like, oh, I yeah. can't believe oh, that. Yeah. I, I mean, this is like at the beginning of Christmas Vacation, I think, when I watched I this. Yeah, and this is another show that I ended up watching, uh, another one of those mornings where I couldn't sleep, so I just watch the show like around nine in the morning. It's like it is ten something in the morning and I'm bawling my eyes out of Cobra Kai right now. I can't believe this. I cannot believe this. Uh, of course, Johnny does not take this well. He leaves uh, the dojo decrease forever uh, and says this is a terrible mistake. I should have never brought this back. And then he goes to the beach uh, and he, I guess, decides to just leave his, I have to imagine this car is at least worth 30 grand uh, at the beach and he throws <laughs> his cell phone away forever uh, because he doesn't understand that Facebook is everywhere. And as he does so, the phone lands in the sand, and he gets a friend request from Allie. Okay. And that is how the season two ends. <sighs> that, season that, three. Sorry, sorry I was say that, that joke that goes throughout season three where he's randomly like, I got rid of my cell phone, I threw it away forever. I really enjoy that. Because <laughs> he's yeah, said that several times. And yeah. can't yep. be contacted by people. It's, it gives me anxiety. I'm like, dude, get no, me too. Yeah, yeah. uh, anyway, season three starts off. Robbie's on the run, uh, and karate has been banned from all high schools for life. Johnny uh, is basically at the tail end of a two-week alcohol-infused bender, and he's a wreck. He gets arrested for assault. What? He yeah. decides to assault two giant dudes, and by breaking one of their, uh, and they just fucking hand him his ass. Um, <laughs> Interesting, they had him drunk. break the windshield. He's, yeah, uh, he, you know, he had that moment where he breaks through the windshield, and he looks at his mm-hmm. fist, and it's a little bloody. So yeah. weird. Cool. I, I, I didn't pick up on that. That was a good yeah. call. It's good homage. Uh, Daniel and Johnny end up teaming up to go look for Robbie, uh, which results in them committing more assault against a random group of unsuspecting chop shop workers. Uh, oh, they're bad guys. Yeah, they're oh. definitely bad. No, they were. They were like, "You're going to leave and call the cops." What cl- Maybe, we're yeah. doing here is clearly illegal. I mean, yeah. but again, you know, I mean, two wrongs don't make a right. If you're, if you're just, I mean, Kevin, I'm just a, I'm just making my living, stealing Porsches and chopping them up in my garage, and then these two yeah. asshole fifty-six-year-olds come in and beat my ass, dude. I'm just not, I'm not having a good day. Uh, we get the completely ridiculously over-the-top backstory for John Kreese, which involves a snake pit in Vietnam. Uh, that whole thing plays out, and we already talked about that. That's his first encounter with really understanding that no mercy, uh, showing mercy has consequences, so he decides the rest of his life, I'm never showing mercy again, and also this dude hopefully is a good investment because instead of saving Ponyfield's life, I saved this guy's life. Thank God he goes on to be uh, a yeah, nuclear yeah. arms dealer. No, what, oh, no, he like had... Nuclear arms hid. Waste a nuclear waste disposal guy. Yeah, that's, that's what he it. used to do yeah. illegally. Anyway, I can't wait uh, Daniel goes. 
I know, dude. They're gonna get it. He probably still looks great too. I, I, Nuclear I arms dealer too. Terry Silver. No, Nick. I said no future spoilers. Don't talk about <laughs> seven of Cobra Kai. I apologize. Uh, Daniel decides uh, having uh, now feuding with everyone now and his, his business uh, in peril because of all this karate talk. He's now the bad guy and his dealerships are going under. And Cooper tries to buy and Cooper's a lovable asshole that you love to hate uh, who has also stolen a noose from him. Uh, Daniel, in a last-ditch effort to save his business, goes back to Japan to uh, rally for – to, to salvage his contract with Toyota. Toyota? Yeah, Toyota. I was like, why? Yeah, come you on, know? did you not scream when he got to Japan? I was, I was, I was flipping so out, and I was I, just waiting for Kumake, uh, Kumiko to. Kumiko. Oh my, Kumiko! This, oh my God! Come on! This so show he goes is back so to good. Japan. He goes back to Japan, yeah. and I, it culminates like the way it culminates. And I'll let you get there, Nick. But I, when it says that, I'm just like, what? I love this show. Chosen. <laughs> He goes to back to, to Okinawa, and of course, who should he run to? Well, by the way, I love I love uh, the meta commentary on the fact of globalization, where he walks in, there's like a fucking Applebee's in Okinawa yeah. now, like everything's like an old baby and shit. And of course, who should he find dancing, still dancing after an illustrious career as a dancer? She's come back still to dancing teach, uh, and, and, and help her community. Uh, Kumiko is there, played by oh, I, Tamlin Tanaka, I think is her name, right? Can someone look up that actress's name? And she is every bit as fucking awesome as she was in that second movie. And it's one of those things where, like, this is one of those moments where Danielle leaned over to me. My wife leaned over to me and was like, so he goes to Japan, and he meets one of the women he was in love with back in the day, and she's still amazing. She's like, if you ever fucking do this. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> if you ever do this, I swear to God. I was like, no, 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 no. That was anyway, a risky moment. That was have, a risky moment. I they have, like it. They have some, it they was. Have, they have a great team together, and obviously their chemistry is still there, which is why these two actors were so great in Karate Kid Part 2. Uh, and then, of course, she realizes the, the the peril and how much of a toll it can take on you uh, for holding these grudges. So who does she call? Dude, I'll be honest with you. I did not – again, my cell phone's magic. I don't understand how walls work. Are we breathing air? What is this stuff that goes into our lungs? I'm a yeah. dumbass. I did not fucking see this coming, Tim. When he turned around and chose who was there, I – screamed. I was like, what? Genius. Anything can happen Genius. in this series. And of course, then Chosen being like, oh my god, is he going to fight him? What's going to happen? Chosen playing the long con here. And long I love con. what they it's do. The long con. Long con, right? Where he eventually... Uh, Misdirection breaks. number one yeah. in, in the theory, in this season so far. If him coming yeah. in looking like an asshole, and then like by the end of it, the, all the learnings that are just oh. too fucking good. You want to talk about anime? You let's. How about we talk about the fact that there is hidden scrolls in Miyagi Do Karate that Mr. Miyagi was too afraid to teach Daniel because Daniel wasn't mature enough to use them yet. I mean, like yep. Death Touch shit. Are Ooh. you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Of course, this shit is so complex, Tim, that it's written on an old scroll in Japanese kanji writing, and it's so complicated it only takes one afternoon to learn. <laughs> I mean, he's a prodigy, right? Like, yeah, point, yeah, he's you know, everybody knows he's yeah. Kevin, uh, he's right. the drum technique he's like two days. Yeah, of of course, uh, Daniel. We get another scene that absolutely just gutted me. The fucking scene where they sit down, and he's like, "I really wish I could talk to Mr. Miyagi right now." And she goes, "You can't." And she brings out the letters. Okay. And uh, what the part that got me, the part that actually legitimately made me cry to the point where I had to turn away because I was like, "Don't look at my shame." Was when she reads him the letter, and she goes, uh, Daniel's son's daughter, Samantha, calls me, and I, I forget the word he uses, but it's the Japanese word for grandfather. Mm. 
that got me. I was like, that's, God damn it, that's good. Anyway, uh, Daniel, of course, is like his business still in peril, meets another character who he gets introduced. And that's why when, go ahead. I swear to God, I did not see this coming either, Tim. I'm dumb as rocks. I see this woman, I was like, oh, Kumiko's got a friend that she brought in. And Daniel goes, oh, my God. And then they do the flashback, and it's the girl that he, it's the woman that he saved when she was a little girl in the tsunami. In the tsunami. Look, I'm different different than than a couple of you here because Uh I watched Uh the trailers where they revealed Uh that we're going to Japan. They revealed that Chosen was there. They revealed that Kumiko would be there. And I was a little bit let down. The Game Awards we had chosen there. Like, there, like some things were spoiled. Oh. I lost my shit when the fucking tsunami girl showed up. <laughs> 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 it was the best. Uh, what a good. Of resolution. course, she just happens to be the senior vice president for sales for Doyona, and but, she hooks also, Sandy back up in that contract. Earlier, earlier I said that like I forgot what it was, but like, it was the first moment that I was like, oh, when uh, when cousin. Uh, What's the cousin's name? Louis. Louis. Cousin Louis. When cousin Louis freaking had the biker gang thing happen, I, it was the first moment I was like, "Oh no, don't do this!" Like I'm stressed for these characters, and like I'm so invested, this is hurting me. This was one of those moments where, when she was like, "I'm the vice president," I was there. I'm like, <laughs> "We're safe. We figured it out. Yeah. Going to Japan it. was worth it." Yeah. <laughs> it. And, and meanwhile, <laughs> Amanda's back at home. Is like Larusso's been gone for three months. Where is yeah. he? <laughs> Do you think that when he, like, here's my question for you guys. Do you think when he got back, she was like, what'd you, what'd you, uh, how'd Japan go? Oh, one great. How was the meeting? <laughs> Perfect. I nailed it. Perfect. Nailed it. Did you, did you see any old friends? I did not. Nope. I did not see any old friends. I did not see any old friends. Next question. He called her every night or day. I don't know what t- how the time difference works there, and told her exactly what happened every. And he's like, and I bumped into. You'll never stuff, believe. And she still does d- the dance stuff. Oh. And tomorrow I'm going to meet this person. He was very excited. I'm just happy we got to see Chosen come in on a zipline again. Yep. Yeah. Oh, God. God bless. Yeah. By the way, the actress's name is Tamlin Tamita. I got it wrong. Not Tamlin Tamita. Yeah. Anyway, uh, moving on. He gets back. Everything's good. Uh, Kreese, of course, is now has full control over Cobra Kai, and he has pushed them beyond their limits. And he's going to take over, man. Quick. Uh, Eli and, and the gang get now. We're, now we're just having gang fights all the time. Someone's trying to steal a cobra. Eli ends up breaking Dimitri's arm, which is a, which is like a bridge Ooh, too far from Oh, him. my yeah. God. Um, oh. Sam, of course, now is suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder because of that fight in the school and now has a Wolverine scar. Uh, Johnny. Uh, Sam helps. right there was basically Opham. She was Opham, the same yeah. Brad Ryan. Ooh, yeah. that was a powerful scene. Right? Right? Just sitting there like, you could have helped Sam. You could have done something. But you're sitting there and you're watching your, your friend get stabbed slowly oh. in the chest by a Nazi. By yeah. a Nazi. Uh, Miguel, of course, has at this point wakes up uh, after Johnny comes back into his life and tells him to fight. Uh, and together, they both literally and metaphorically uh, help each other get back on their feet. Uh, let's see. Johnny starts a new dojo uh, with Miguel as his first student again, uh, and he reveals the name to a group of his other students, and it is Eagle Fang Karate. And at first, I was like, that is not a good name, but I'll be honest with you, Tim. <laughs> by the end of season three, I'm like... <laughs> I'm, 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 right, I'm right there with you, man. I'm right there with you. Like this, they had a joke earlier, maybe like two episodes before this, where they're like trying to figure out what the name could be, and I was like, oh man, they're making reference to how ridiculous this is about to be. Yeah. Like this better be fucking good. And I knew I was going to be let down no matter what it was, and I was let down when I heard Eagle Fang. But then they kept joking about it, and then it kept going, and then, yeah, by the end, I was like, <laughs> I fucking love Eagle Fang. <laughs> it's, it's I want Eagle Fang well, shirt. I think I'm they, in. 
they and added they the levity to it when they said, uh, Sensei, eagles don't have fangs. And he's like, shut yeah. up, nerd. So <laughs> like, good. So uh, good. Uh, uh, I want to do a small shout-out to Nick on something that he brought up the other day that I was like, oh, my God, that's brilliant. Uh, when they do the trailer in the first season, this is a while, or maybe it was the second season, when they talk about doing the trailer, what what is it that uh, Lawrence says? He's like, hey, make sure oh, that at says, the end – go ahead. Hash browns. He says, put one of those hash browns. Oh, he's, like, he's like, yeah, I want – you know, make this – send it to the internet, and before you do that, make sure it ends with uh, the Cobra Kai logo, and I want it to be chrome, and I want there to be fire under it. And that's how every episode of the show ends. They yep, yep. put one of those hashtag hash browns on it or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> Damn. I want to be Billy Zapka's friend. So I want to be able to refer to him as Billy Zapka like Josh yeah. does right now, which just means they're friends in real life. <laughs> um, okay, let's keep going here. We, where are we? Johnny starts a new JoJo. Then, of course, Johnny gets a message from Allie. And wait, 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 wait. Sorry, 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 sorry. Like, I, we, we kind of, like, rushed really quickly through the Japan stuff when it came to Chosen and his character development and the fucking fight that they had. But like, cool, we have the scroll, but what did the scroll do? And how did that fight play out? And how did it end, Nick? How did that fight end? Honk. I lost it, dude. I was like, because the whole time you're thinking, oh wow, like first off, I was like, wow, this character's kind of poorly written, right? They're kind of they're kind of one note a little bit, no kids, right? And he's just being a dick, and I'm like, this is weird. He's like, I don't drink, I don't drink. When he does the honk and then starts laughing, I'm like, they they committed to the long con, a long con, and it turns out that chosen is like, oh yeah, by the way, like I felt sober, I was so defeated after that, I was just a huge like I was low as possible, and my uncle came back. Yeah, it's awesome. That uncle took him back, and he didn't go to prison. <laughs> he did go to prison, but it's awesome that his uncle came back and said, hey, I'll help you, because that's what you want, yeah. right? You yeah. just want his yeah. uncle to be like, hey, stop doing this, like don't don't be an asshole, like Correct. let me help you with that, of course. His redemption arc has been a long time coming, and he is now a teacher, which I assume – I didn't know, I didn't catch if he was a teacher of karate or a teacher of other things, but he has students. He has to go to class and all that stuff. Um, I, so, I think it was karate. It was the, the karate schools that his uncle had, right? I would imagine. Yeah. That's where he was, like, chopping along. Fucking so yeah. cool. Anyway, yeah, the honk, Tim. Oh, my God. He was like, I've waited a long time to do that. Yeah. Like, That's awesome. Look at that um, fighting technique of, like – oh, it just stops your limbs, limbs from working. That's yeah. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> Take his weapons away. When he wants to kill you, take his weapons away. I'm going to start practicing that. Please Pretty do. Pretty sure I can do it. Um, Johnny gets a message from Allie, and I'm thinking, there's still no way. And then we cut over, and it's like the mom comes home. I don't think it's the same actress as uh, it was in the first movie, but they recast her mom. She comes home, and she's like, I'm so glad you're here, babe. It's great to have you here for the And I'm like, she's really just kind of out there chewing up scenery. And then we get, and the camera pans over, and who do we see on the couch? Elizabeth Shue. And she's like, yeah. And she kind of has a look on her face, though. She's smiling. Where like she's looking through the camera at me, going, "Yeah, Nick, this is I'm fucking here. happening." <laughs> and oh, the line is like, "Don't worry about me. I got stuff to do." And it's like, what? "I got stuff yeah. to do." So yeah, it's, yeah. One, it's one of like a million moments in this show that yeah. you know is going to happen. Yeah. Yet when it happens, you still go, "Oh my god, no way!" Like it's it's so great, dude. It's so goddamn good. I mean, the entire I, country club scene is like that whole thing. There's beautiful. almost a spaghetti scene. It's yep. so well shot. It's I mean, it's just a gorgeous piece of TV cinema. We can skip ahead to that. Of course, Johnny goes out with Ali, um, and he tries to put up a front first, and it, it, that, that soon is dropped, though, as they both order cheeseburgers and start really kind of getting down. He kind of confesses to her that life has been shit, and he's held this grudge, oh, well. and his, his life since high school has just been nothing. He's failed everyone in his life, um, but he's trying to make it better. Um, and she invites him to a Christmas party, and I'm thinking, 
what kind of Christmas? I mean, this one took me off. I was like, I didn't see this coming at all. Of course, when they show up at the the freaking the same what what is it? Um, Encino Oaks. Encino Oaks. I was like, oh my god, these guys are just fucking. Great. I mean, it's like Andy. We're talking Chicago Bulls height of their powers at this point. Yeah. They're just beating everyone in this in this world mm-hmm. to me. I'm like, they're knocking this thing out of the fucking park. I'm using yeah. a lot of bad sports analogies right now. Let's yeah. get back to the yeah. Um, John, we have that great scene. Of course, uh, in the background, of course, the, the All Valley Tournament is off, and then Miguel comes forward and, and gets it back on again. Dimitri makes out with the front wedgie girl, which I did not see coming, and that was fantastic. Uh, Johnny has a great moment where they all sit down, and they finally, you know, they have that great moment at the uh, at the holiday party, and then we get a wonderful scene with Johnny and Allie where, you know, they almost kissed earlier. They went to golf and stuff, apparently, at this little place. Uh, and then they realize you can't live in the past. They hug. And he says, I needed this. And she says, I did too. I love this. Very, it's very amazing. cathartic. It's perfect. It's an amazing scene. Well, it, the, but so before nice. this scene happens, we have them, uh, him hooking up with the, Miguel's mom. So, like, the, the juxtaposition of, like, oh, shit, he's now going to so go scared. on a date. And it's like, yeah, I was terrified. I was like, I don't want him to this fucking stuff. I want him to be with Miguel's mom. Yeah, because you see, you see the writers planting those seeds. Yeah, and, yeah and, what a relief. Yeah, and I'm just like... I am so worried for Miguel's mom. I don't want her, I don't want this to be a conflict. Perfect. Not because I think it'll be a bad conflict, because I don't want to experience it. I don't want her to be hurt by this shit. Mm-hmm. And then when we finally have that final conversation at the dinner, where she, where they say their goodbyes, and you know, oh, okay, this is the end of Elizabeth Shue being in the show. This is perfect. Like this is perfect. her role to just perfect. sort of kind of be uh, a Johnny's kind of like open your eyes moment. Uh, the, it's just so good, man. It's Move so on. goddamn good. Of course, that yeah, came hot on the heels of of Daniel and Johnny finally having the conversation where they both admit they were wrong. They both admit that they acted poorly and were idiots back in high school. And you know, Johnny at this point has already apologized to Allie for you know being an asshole to her and breaking her stereo. Uh, one thing of note, by the way, when I watched the interview with them was. She was like, I really liked this scene because I didn't actually have that many scenes with Johnny in the first Karate Kid. No. And she said, in fact, the only time we really have a scene together is that beach scene, and the rest of the time she spends with Daniel. So she's like, this is really cool for me to get a scene with, with both of you guys, which I thought but was But also, really cool. she kind of gets that moment, which is like, I think, a nod at, you know, John Peters and, like, the first crew that kind of wrote her out of the Karate Kid without her ever being asked, right? And... She gets her like moment at the end there where she says, uh, you know, all the ba- all the bad moments weigh or the good moments way outweigh the bad because she was kind of hearkening back because she had a great time on the first Karate Kid and then she was just like basically not asked to come back for no reason. And thank God though because she went on to do Adventures in Babysitting, which I know just great. knocked it out of the park. Um, get that. We get another great moment. I just I put this in the script because I thought it was hilarious. And she's like, "What are you driving these days?" And he says, "An '83 Dodge Caravan." And she's like, ah, "She laughs." And then when it pulls up, she goes, "She has." I don't know if you guys will all appreciate this, but she does the Elizabeth Shue laugh, where it's just such a real. Like laugh out loud, almost break with character moment, and it's just it just reminded me of everything good in my youth. And move on. I love I love that Makuga and Nick are here talking about Elizabeth Shue the way we would talk about Topanga. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah. 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 I love Topanga. I love me some Topanga. You guys, Elizabeth, so Elizabeth Shue. Have you ever seen Adventures of Babysitting? Can I go off on a tyrant for a, a tyrant for a second? Adventures of Babysitting. She plays the college kid. 
who the high school kid is in love with. And I had such a big crush on her because of that. I was like, this gives me hope. And of course he doesn't wind up with her because it's totally weird and wouldn't work in the storyline. But she was just always the mature, too old for me crush that I had back in the day. And I'll never forget. To this day, my wife and I watch uh, Vegas Babysitting at least once a year because we love that freaking movie. Also, movie. shout out to Vincent D'Onofrio, who everyone thought apparently was jacked and hot and could play Thor in that movie. <laughs> I uh, yes. The enemy of the enemy is my friend, of course, while Johnny and Daniel are uh, repairing their relationship. There's another reparation that's happening over on, at the LaRusso house. The Miyagi-Do students and the Eagle Fane students are creating a truce. They're, they've come to the table, and they're now negotiating – bringing their two JoJo's together, which we all knew needed to happen from the get-go. And, of course, the big sticking point that they have to figure out later is how they get the two senseis to cooperate because that's going to be the hardest part of this whole thing because now they, have all, they are all friends. And, of course, Sam and Miguel have helped broker this piece. Uh, but it doesn't last very long because that little blonde kid gets thrown through a fucking window and the ball <laughs> <laughs> Guys, they pull into that house. Like, listen, I've showed up to a couple high school parties with, like, three cases of beer and, like, kicked the door down and been like, let's get fucked up, right? <laughs> But I've never walked into a high school party and been like, I'm going to kill somebody. Like, it is insane. Awesome. Of course, the brawl breaks out. And at first, Hawk is is, getting, is kicking everyone's ass. But for some reason, when he sees Dimitri uh, getting the same arm bar that he had the position he had before, he turns tail and says, all this is too much. And he's learned, you know, at this point, he's... he's He's had his back and forth with Chris, and, and, he's, and he's like said, hey, I think you're pushing these kids too hard. Hey, you shouldn't be kicking people out. Hey, we don't need these other people. And finally he realizes that yeah. if he doesn't turn back to good, that will eventually happen to him. Andy from Andy. The The only reason why – yeah, I've, I've already mentioned this turn doesn't work for me. Uh, but the reason why it doesn't work for me is I wish leading up to it there was a bit of hesitation written into Hawk. They needed to, yeah. And, 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 and I'm thought, with you, Andy, but there no, was wait, go, in the sense of bringing back Kyler and the, the bullies. Like, come, yeah. them coming back season yep, three and then joining Cobra Kai. The hesitance that we have Hawk go through this season, that was the turning point. I agree with you, it wasn't well done. But Oh, no. I saw that. Yeah. I mean, I saw, I saw Kyler and them joining Cobra Kai. I didn't see that. I saw that more as, like, Hawk thinking, like, I'm not the star student anymore. Fuck these new no, guys. Like, like, I'm like, going karate yeah. to fight them. Correct. Yeah, that was the bully. Yeah. He was the bully. That was the reason. Yeah, I guess so. It just, it just like, the start fights off with him, with obviously blonde kid going through the window, and him busting through the door and being like, we're here to fuck you all up, everybody. Like, Hawk yeah. is, like, the aggressor in that situation. What I needed to see is, like, on the drive there being like, Tyler guys, being we shouldn't be doing this. Like, so, like I needed so, yeah. a little bit of that in order to make it all feel worth it, you know? I agree. That turn yeah. doesn't quite feel as gratifying as it should I, be. I 100% agree. I, I think that it's not quite there, but I do think that, like, and we've glossed over more, like, uh, in this recap, a lot of the setup for it, where we get those moments where, you know, Hawk is like, hey, we're going too far. Hey, like, don't don't do this. Like, don't kick out my best friend in this dojo, you know? Um, so I, I don't think it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's quick, but I don't think it's out of nowhere. I, I guess I saw those moments more of him protecting the people in his dojo as opposed to we're going too hard on these other people. Like, it yeah. never felt like he was worried about going too hard on the other team. He, well, was, he, was, really, he was really worried about his stature. He fucking broke Dimitri's well, arm. I mean, yeah, yeah, no, but I think like, it would I was going to say, yeah. the turn was he was seeing the bullies that had fucked with him now, like, having fun, beating the shit out of the people that were his friends not even that long ago. Because there was, like, his the, the last guy that got kicked out when they had that, like, fucking death match of, like, if you lose, you're out of the 
uh, Cobra Kai, which was really cool and ended with Dimitri beating the shit out of that one kid, like, to a bloody pulp. So I just think that, yeah, like, that was... it was escalated. Maybe the acting wasn't there to back it up. And, like, there should have been more glances. And one shot before they kick the door in where um, the girl bully is telling uh, Hawk to, like, hey, let's fucking do this. And Hawk's like, I don't know, would have been helpful. But I, I don't know. I, I, I see I also, it. I also saw the scene where they stole the – where they break into the zoo. They <laughs> steal the Cobra? snake. Yeah. And I saw that more of a – this fucking Robbie kid, fuck this guy, kind of taking my 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 role here. Because, like, Robbie gets all the, you know, everybody, like, loves Robbie for stealing the snake, and they're all like, hell yeah, Robbie, this guy fucking rules. And the anger that I saw from Hawk there was more of, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, his security, he doesn't, he feels insecure now, now that security, Robbie's yeah. kind of getting praised, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know. I, I've already explained this to death. Anyway, keep going. Fair point. Either way, uh, I do think, it, despite being maybe undersupported, maybe supported, I don't know, but when he goes to kick Dimitri and you're like, is he kind of panda roll over Dimitri's back and kick the guy in the chest? And he does. You go, anything can happen in this world. Anything can happen. And, and it will course, happen. And it will fight. happen. Back to back. And they all beat yeah. each other. And yeah. what I like, it's and then we cut dragon. over to, to Tori and Sam. And Sam, of course, is having a trouble because she's still just, you know, still suffering from PTSD. Uh, she can't, she doesn't know. And Tori is just using this completely to her advantage to just beat the shit out of Sam. And then I said this before, I don't know if this is where we get the flashback or not, but I'm just going to say that it happens here because I want to see that flashback again. This is again the yeah. moment where Daniel was like, I had to deal with fear also. We get that mm-hmm. shot. Mr. Miyagi face to face with him on the mat, just screams in his face and says, "Focus." Fuck. And that is exactly what Sam does. And of course, with the aid of a bow staff, she takes on Tori, who has nunchucks, uh, and they fight. Don't break gets... the picture of Mr. Miyagi. Don't you dare! Don't, don't you? Don't oh, you that's what, that was the impetus. Thank you. You know, you you can do you can do certain things, but if you break a picture of Mr. Miyagi, that's her grandfather. That's the grandfather of everything. I like the. Yeah, that was it. Don't that's do it. what that's what no, three out of four of the ninja turtle weapons in this show. Just want to we say. sure we did. Get a side. We, we yeah, we got the side earlier. We just need a fucking sword. We're we're the warriors. Need a katana. Um, <laughs> wait, real, real quick, Nick. I I wanted this reminds me of the when they went fishing when Sam and Larusso go fishing, and later on when she's like, "All right, I'll I'll go back to karate," and he's like, "Great, now cast the the." Cast of real or whatever. Yeah, cast alive. And it's like, yeah. hey, oh. <laughs> we didn't know either. Bro, we didn't know either. I'm going to tell you one thing right now, Andy. You think you didn't learn any karate today? You learned a lot of karate today. You don't even know it. You don't even know how much karate. Andy, Andy show me, do the podcast. Andy, do the podcast. Look at that. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you, 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 you block. You block. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> block. Point. Block. Point. I guess. Uh, all this, of course, uh, uh, then uh, Miguel comes in and Hawk comes in and they stop Tori. And she says she calls Hawk a traitor. And he's like, bro, at this point, let go of stop. She goes, no, you're all traitors. I'm going to defeat you all. Runs off. Uh, and then Daniel gets word. Uh, and I'm sorry, Johnny gets word after coming home very happy. Uh, he knocks on Carmen's door to tell her finally that he's in love with her and he wants to pursue a relationship. She is in tears because Miguel is bloody one more time. Uh, and he goes to Crease to finally end this uh, by having a very 
just down to earth conversation with this guy and explain to him why his behavior is unacceptable and that he will no longer be partaking in the cycle of violence. Oh, I'm sorry. No, he just starts beating the shit out of Kreese and then they karate fight and then fucking Robbie tries up, to get in. But Robbie gets into it and Johnny accidentally knocks Robbie out. Um, and then Daniel comes in and he starts fighting Kreese and, uh, he's about to lose, but he uses the newfound power of the dark side of Miyagi Del Karate to disable Kreese. Uh, and he's about to kill him, but all the students come in, and they finally decide, guys, there's one way to settle this, which I assumed would be in the end of season three, but oh boy, was I'm happy that I was mistaken, and that is at the 51st under-18 All-Valley Karate Championship, which I have to assume will be the season finale for, for season four. Got it. And that is God. fantastic. And I'm thinking to myself, what a great way to end this, guys. I couldn't be fucking happier right now. What a fancy... I don't need any more scenes, Kevin. I don't deserve any more scenes, Kevin. <laughs> this is like when you order Taco Bell, and they accidentally give you three more menu items than you order, and you're it's like... like I only ordered five! I didn't them. need eight! How did I... I don't know! And of course, we get it. It starts playing, and it cuts over to me. Uh, we hear Phil Collins. I don't know if it was Phil Collins or not. Maybe it was a remake it was of a the cover. Yeah, it was like a cover. cover. Yeah. But in the air, it starts playing. And even though I know what's going to happen, I'm just like, fucking please nail this. And they shoot it perfectly. We see all the students. The camera pans out. We see the other students. Now Eagle Fang and Miyagi Do Karate are one dojo. It turns out the door opens. Daniel walks out. And I'm like, all right. Party's almost ready. Party's almost there. <laughs> Looks over. Rack focus. Johnny Lawrence walks in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Daniel's got the original headband on. Johnny's got the headband on that Allie gave him back in the day. They look at their students, they bow, they turn to each other, never breaking eye contact, and they bow. God damn. <laughs> Holy is shit. It's Wait, that is perfect. It. Is there a post-credit scene? Is that when we get the phone call? Or has that already happened? Oh, maybe that happened before this. Sorry. Yeah, Chris at some point calls. I think he calls Terry. Maybe I think after that, maybe that's like what Terry looks like now. Damn, he's good looking. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna work. It's gonna work. Oh, yeah. guys. Oh, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. What, what does it look like now? What did, where did I didn't see it? Oh, click on watch stream. stream. Watch stream. If you click on that video, that says watch stream. You can see what it looks like. Oh, he, he the actor has said he's retired oh. from acting. Oh, okay. So this no one's way. gonna be. Damn. Now here's some little trivia for you guys. Elizabeth Shue, absolutely not signed on for Cobra Kai season three when they did season two. Oh yeah, when they teased that. They were just hoping. They better bring his ass back. They better bring his ass back. I, I, I will say that, uh, uh, again, leading up to those final moments, I just thought, you know, before that final fight there between, you know, Kreese and Johnny and LaRusso and then Robbie gets punched and fucking Robbie gets knocked out when he hits this thing in the face or whatever. The, preceding that, Johnny Lawrence pissed off, right, Go into Miyagi-Do, and when he finally breaks in, like, Seeing Robbie there training, I was just like, oh, this is, this mm-hmm. is flawless. Like, you yep. are doing the perfect thing right here. Yep. And it is, it's just like, it, I think it's, it, it's Anakin, you know, yelling at Obi-Wan, you know? But like, no, oh. but it's not. It's what you wanted that to be, right? It's that turn where you go, I get it. This actually makes sense. This actually feels like it could happen. There's that moment where Robbie's like, your dad, he finds out that his dad's supposed to come visit him the next day, and Johnny drops the ball on it one more time, and you just see him be disappointed one With more time pastor, by his, his father's his friend. figure. 
Yeah, and he's like, he, I'm sure he wanted to come, and Robbie's like, no, he didn't. He, I'm over it, right? And then he gets another visitor, and you just go, please don't be Crease. Please don't be Crease. And it fucking walks in, and who's sitting there? Crease playing it perfectly. And, of course, he's he is the emperor who has now turned Anakin to the dark side. You know? God, I love this show! But where it, but where it, felt, it felt so weirdly not well done because George Lucas didn't know how to craft that narrative, they somehow fucking nailed it in this. You believe that Robbie would do that. Yep. And it's and it's perfect for me because I've always seen Robbie as the bad guy. So this is what I want. Like this is the this is the storyline that I've wanted this whole time. And you know, when Robbie gets knocked on the ground and the Russo walks in is like, What the fuck, Robbie, you'll get and then he starts fighting Crease and then eventually they're all out just kind of on the outside of the of the building of the little strip mall and then Robbie walks out and he's like, Get out. And it's like, dude, this is fucking perfect, dude. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. So here's the here's the inside scoop, from what I understand. Okay. Oh, Josh, give us the give us the LA inside scoop. So, uh, talking to a buddy, uh, you guys, you, I mean, Nick knows Christian Harloff. Some of you guys know Christian Harloff. Yeah, he's he's good buddies with he's become good buddies with the Cobra Kai guys. How we got on on Collider back in the day because we were like the only people talking about. Cobra Kai when it first came out on YouTube, like we were raving about it, so we got all those people on there, right? So, uh, you know, we had talked about where is Terry Silver, is he ever going to come back in the show? And they were like, you know, we've reached out to him, but he's like politely declined a couple times. Now, that was back in the day when it was on YouTube. Now that they have the Netflix crowd, and they've got the Netflix budget, even more important, uh, and they've got this whole storyline going. You know that Terry Silver... And the Netflix numbers. Yeah. And the Netflix numbers, exactly. You know that Terry Silver... He's to come back. It'll probably be a limited role. It'll be like very small. I don't know what it's going to look like. Whatever. Which I but you know, fine with. I don't think I need a big I'm, role from that. No, no, no he's asking for the Captain Planet, you know, situation. I now like the it. other one is Sean Kanan, who plays Mikey Barnes. Mike Barnes. Mike Barnes. Who plays oh, Mike Barnes in Kid Three? Who is begging to be in this. Unbelievable. He's, is he really? He is, yeah. Well, he was on. So he was on Bold and the Beautiful for 17 years, almost 700 episodes of Bold and the Beautiful. And the first, my mom was a big Bold and the Beautiful watcher. So I came home the one time and I see him on screen. I was like, Mikey Barnes? He's on <laughs> Bold and the Beautiful? Like I recognized him immediately, right? Wait, what does Mike Barnes look like now? He looks like an older version of Mike Barnes. Like, p- pull him up, Kev. You'll see. Kev, can you pull up okay. Mike Barnes now? Just Mike. pet Mike Barnes, see what we get. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, that's not the actor. Oh, yeah. he's, he's 